Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Collection jug for $189, and our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes, and the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Countries have denied internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free to air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75 centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click the satellite system.
All right, good afternoon, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steph, and you're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is February 4th, 2015. It's Wednesday and about eight minutes after noon Pacific time. So you'll have to adjust if you're not in Pacific time to figure out if we're live. We are live. You can participate in the show. Hmm, Now, here's... Or I need to. Sorry, I'm not going to be able to get to that number. Uh... Yeah, you know, it's a good thing to write things down, but uh, hey, not... well, not me this time. Anyhow, we have a new toll free number. You know, after all these years, it, it's kind of a drag to have to change it. can't do it so it's a different number it's not 800 it's eight something something uh but it's toll free all the same give it to you right now 
I will give it to you here, and it will be posted on the website later today. This is a brand new change, okay? I actually got quite a few. Hey, uh, you know, I dialed the number. It's not going through. And I actually tried a couple times myself, and most of the time it went through, but sometimes it didn't. You know, and I'm sitting right here, and I know, hey, wait a minute. You know, there's nobody using the line. There's no reason why this shouldn't go through other than providing the service uh, isn't doing what they need to do, or better yet, what I need them to do. More pronounced, what I'm paying them to do. So I'm not paying them to do things. You know, it's still going to be a toll-free number, which I'm, I'm, you know, I'm questioning why I even do that. I, I really am. I'm questioning why I even do that because most of you out there have a landline. You have unlimited long distance. It, and mo a lot of you don't even have a landline, and you have a cell phone, which to you it doesn't matter because toll-free is meaningless to you, which is wrong because, you know what, if you dial a toll-free number, you shouldn't have to pay any any time. But they make you anyway, so that's just the way that goes. Well, so I, I, I question my my all, but it is it's still toll free. Uh, you know, call in for well, unless you have a cell phone for free. But hey, one thing that is definitely free. Well, not really because most of you have to pay for your internet unless you're one of them people that are, like, stealing your Wi-Fi or something. But once you are on the Internet, you can go to theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. Everything you need to know about this network is found there. You know, you'll... And, hey, I've got a catch-all, kind of like, you know, you... Because my email is there. So, you know, anything you need to know about the network is on that website. Because if I don't have it listed, there's the email. There's something you need. If there's something about this network, I guarantee I know it. If I think you need to know it, you can email. Now, I might not tell you, but try. My reference to the military, you know, uh, the justice is that, you know, they go through all these different codes. Well, Article, you know, everybody's familiar with Article 15 because that's just the punished soldiers that take part of their pay and very widely used. Anybody who's ever been in the military, I'm sure, has heard of Article or have been introduced to it personally, as I have, okay? But they got lots of articles. You know, that's just 15. They have, I think it goes. But the 
bottom line is the last article in the Uniform Code of Military Justice goes something like, oh, yeah, and anything else that's not listed here that the commanding officer thinks isn't right. Well, gee, that, that, that simplifies things, doesn't it? I mean, hey, why do you bother with all these other articles then? Why don't you just leave that one? Hey, anything the commanding officer thinks isn't right, you're going to be punished for. Because that's really the truth of the matter. Now, usually they've got enough of them there that they can specify, okay, this is what supposed to know these rules, so you're going to be fine. But eh, it's not in the rules, and it's really not a violation, but the commanding officer doesn't like you, he doesn't like what you did, do whatever, you know, you're being punished. Anyway, so that's like my email on the web. Everything you need to know. It really is, because my, uh, my email's there. Put reply in the You know, I, I, I hate that, you know, I almost hate to do this to you folks every day. You know, it's, it's depressing to see the news that we have to work with. But, you know, where's the happy news? Where's the happy news? Look at this some happy news. What's with all this doom and gloom? Well, I guess I could make up news like, you know, the major news networks do. You know, or as they say, you know, we... what Fox News likes to say. You know, this is how they, like, copyright their stories and their news and all this stuff. is like, well, we created the news. <laughs> all right, here's Venezuela. I know this one's not really about murdering president of... Uh, I'm going to go there but I feel it necessary to mention that the woman down there running Argentina is oh, at least all the evidence show guilty. Not only conspiring with Iran to cover up a terror attack, but also murdering or causing to have murdered a prosecutor who was about to arrest her for that crime. Amazing. Uh, South America is just, you know, and you want to, you you want to bring these people into the United States, really? We'll get to that in a little bit too. But the thing is, I believe part of the reason Latin America is being encouraged to invade the United States by the leaders of the New World Order, who are in control of Washington, D.C., is because of the form of government these people are used to 
They are used to enduring under communists. Being fed crap and told it's fake year in and year out. For a while, that goes on long enough, you might have known the difference between oh, they're lying to you. But you know what? Your kids are never going to know the difference between crap and steak because they they just got crap fed to them, told them it's steak, and uh, they start thinking crap is steak. Start taking the crap away from them. Dirt. Oh, wait, that's kind of going on in the United States, isn't it? Oh, yeah, well, this is beef. Well, well... Okay, let's take a look at it. Well, it's really not beef, is it now? It has maybe some beef products in it, but it's not beef. That's in America. That's why the American corporations feeding you at joints like Burger King and McDonald's and selling you those frozen hamburger patties and those nice big plastic tubes of meat thing byproduct at the store. Yeah, that's happening right here. So, oh, it's not just South America where they're feeding you crap and telling you it's steak. But here in Venezuela, they are having a real problem because, well, it's a socialist paradise. Meaning the people at the top of the government live like kings and everybody else eats dirt. They have already gone beyond the crap. They, no, steak to you. Now you're going to eat dirt. We're calling it hamburger. Be happy or we'll kill you. For Jose Perez, a Venezuelan taxi driver from Caracas, the hardest part about watching his wife die from heart failure was knowing just how easily she Surgeons at the Caracas University Hospital were ready to operate on 51-year-old Carmen. 51 years old. You know what, folks? Uh, I was 51, like, dead at 51 because of some sort of heart problem. A prosthetic artery. That means your arteries are clogged. That's why you need that. Arteries are clogged. What is that? Cholesterol, you know, bad cholesterol. Oh, you got to cut your cholesterol down to nothing. No, you just got to watch what you eat. You have to balance your diet. Stuff like this happens when your diet is unbalanced. Now, look, let's look back. Grandpa and grandma not have... They didn't eat meat. They didn't use butter. Yeah, they did. They ate a lot of rich food. But you know what else they did? They worked hard. They exercised. They moved around. They didn't sit in front of a computer screen all day waiting for their government check to come in. But you see, now, that's that's what people do. I suspect that's what this woman did. I suspect that's what most people in Venezuela do, sit around and wait for the government check to come in, because that's what Venezuela was all about. 
That's what Hugo Chavez sold to those people. You realize, now, why I'm bringing this up about Venezuela is not because I really care either way about Venezuela, okay? As far as I'm concerned, all of South America can go under the sea and take everybody down there with it. I don't care either way. However, there's a lot of parallels between what's going on in Venezuela and what's going on in the United States. Now, it's much more pronounced in Venezuela, but that doesn't mean it's not happening here, because it is. You realize that once Chavez got in there and nationalized the oil and said, okay, it's all our oil, it's all our money, we're a big producer of oil, we've got the largest reserves known, and... uh Wow, we're we're rolling in the dough. You know, oil's a hundred, hundred and forty dollars a barrel. We're doing great, man. Foreign money is flowing in here. Our coffers are full, and we're giving away the farm. We're uh, we're sending out government checks. We're buying food and putting it on the shelves. We're subsidizing all that because see, we're selling the food on the shelves for less money than we actually bought it for. communist way, folks, subsidies, price controls, etc. Well, okay, maybe if you can have a closed system completely, that might work. But if you expect to deal with the rest of the world, who is basically, and, and I use this term loosely because it's not really a free market, but, you know, surprise, whatever, you're going to lose. And they are losing. Now, what Chavez did was because so much money. Let's see if you can catch the parallels between Venezuela and the United States. So much money was rolling in that Hugo Chavez decided that, you know, it's a good idea for the Venezuelans to stop making a lot of things. Stop growing a lot of things. Stop worrying about being able to grow enough food in your own country to feed your own people. We'll just go buy it because we've got lots of money. You catching the parallel here? Nobody in this country needs to fix anything. They don't need to know how to fix anything. They don't need to buy anything that can be fixed because when it breaks, I'll just go buy more, right? Yeah, okay. Well, that's what they did in Venezuela. And now, well, oil skyrocketed back up to $53. You know, this is another thing, man. News are the biggest liars on earth. Well, okay, wait a minute. All right, well, they are arguably the biggest liars on earth. Politicians. And then there's the lawyers and the judges, and so, you know, there's a good case to be made for any one of those groups being the biggest liars on earth. But for right now, I'm going to just say it's the media. And my example for today is the headline saying, oil surges 7%. Highest oil Per barrel prices in 2015. Okay. Now, 
can argue surge, really surge. Uh, but hey, highest prices in 2015. Okay, you know that's a fact. But when you leave out the fact that oil has fallen from like a hundred dollars a barrel to fifty-three dollars a barrel, it's hard to use the words surge and highest prices in whenever in, in a truthful sort of way, isn't it? I mean, you're obviously misleading get a certain belief going that woohoo things are great oil is surging highest prices ever in 2015 yay yay okay well gee now guess what we're only 22 dollars away from american oil producers being able to stay in business yay problem little surge to $53 a barrel is meaningless in the big picture because you know what it's still far below what American oil producers need a barrel of oil to be to stay in business this is why the oil companies are shutting down they are shutting down do you know how many people are just hitting the unemployment right now all those oil workers, all that oil stuff from North Dakota and all those guys, they're all, hey, they're getting their pink slips, man. They're getting their pink slips because uh, they cannot afford to produce at $53 a barrel. Anyway, so Venezuela, now at $53 a barrel, has found that, uh uh-oh, not enough money is flowing in from their oil sales. Plus, you know, there's now competition from the American oil producers all around the world. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, so now guess what? People are dying because, oh, they can't get their free government health care that they were promised. Oh, you can go lay in a hospital bed in a hospital, and a doctor can come over and say, well, we're prepared to operate on you, and uh, we know exactly what to do, and we know exactly how to save your life, but we're not going to do it because we can't. We don't have the stuff to do it with. So uh, how do you feel? Let me go check the shelf and see if we get any morphine for you for your – yeah. Tens of thousands more are awaiting medical treatment around the country. Uh, does Obamacare ring a bell to you? Now, here is the mindset of the people coming into this country from the third world cesspool. Government, who is responsible for my wife's death? Not the doctors, Mr. Perez, 63, told the Telegraph last week. Things are very bad in this country, and they are getting worse. I feel that we are in a dictatorship. At the start, I believed in Chavez. Now I can't look at him. He is in the best place now, meaning he's... Wait a minute. I guarantee you, though, this guy was singing a different tune. Hail to Chavez. 
hail to the free stuff. Yay. Yeah. Well, how do you think that was going to work? It's not going to work, folks. Now, here's the thing. Also, in America, no longer produce enough anything to support our population. You understand that? Think about that just for a second. America no longer produces enough of anything to support our population. I mean, they're having a problem in Venezuela. Matter of fact, they have their shelves. They have pictures here of their shelves all bare. Then they have other places because by order of the government, they said, fill up the shelves with whatever you've got. So they have walls of, for instance, in this one store, they have a full wall filled with toothpaste. Yeah. I mean, lots of toothpaste, man. There's, you can buy, you can get toothpaste in Venezuela. But guess what? In the same store, there is not one toothbrush to be found. Even McDonald's. McDonald's can no longer sell fries in Venezuela with, with their people burgers. Okay? You know what they're selling instead? they're frying up yucca. Yeah, yucca plants. What that tastes like? Ever grabbed a cardboard box and started chewing on it? What yucca tastes like, that's what you need to do. Self a uh, a cardboard box, up into nice bite-sized pieces and, uh, you know, have lunch. Huh? United States is going exactly exactly the same things. You're going to end up exactly the same. Tell the Democrats this. Tell the people who are saying, "Oh, Elizabeth Warren for president." This is the kind of government Elizabeth Warren wants. The free, everything's free, give away, we don't make anything, we sit around in our easy chairs waiting for the government check to come in. Let the rest of the world support us. That is absolutely parasitical, and parasites always kill the host and then die themselves. Doesn't seem like a good plan to me. Take a break and we'll be back in a bit. Well, I've got to get over the red machine when it comes to rock and she's a queen. Well, I think I'm from a Saturday night. Oh, no more I can hold her tight, but she lives on the 20th floor of town. The elevator's broken down, so I walk one, five, two, five, four, five, six, seven, five, eight, five, more. I'm on the 12th, I'm starting to drag. Fifty to four, I'm ready to sag. Get to the top, I'm too tired to rock. Well, she called me up on the telephone. She come on over, hunt. I'm all alone. I said, Betty, I'm mighty sweet. But I'm in bed with a ache and feet. This went on for a couple of days. But I couldn't stay away. So I walked one, two, five, two, five, four. About six, seven, five, eight, five more. 
on the 12th, I'm ready to drag the 15th, the vocal rhyme is starting to slam. Get to the top, I'm too tired to rock. When it's in, you just got a good boy pairs. Till it's a big storm, I'm using the stairs. Over the hurry, the boy's leg. I'm a bit too much to wait. All this prominence is getting me down. The farmer court draped over a rail, but I found one, two, five, two, five, four, five, six, seven, five, eight, five, more. Up on the twelfth, I'm ready to drag. We're up to three, four, four, I'm starting to sag. Get to the top, I'm too tired to rock. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com. And then to the superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. have denied internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC sees they use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is a coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Few things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. (laughs) 
we're back. Report on your host, Francis Chesterton, right here. Live in Memorex is that you can participate in the live. You have the new toll-free call-in number. Up on your screen or whatever it is you do, add the new While you're getting your pencil and pen, I'll give you the website, theamericanvoice.com or American. But the network is back there. Participate in the show from there also. Click that, follow the easy instructions, and you're in there. You can ask questions. Hey, you can even listen to the show from there. To the chat room and and you can also just chat talk to them. You can just watch. All right, everybody's got their pen and paper now, or their notes. Recollect numbers. Here's the toll-free number for 855-566-738. It is toll-free. It's 855-566-738. Go. That's what it is, and uh, you can call into the show by using. Sorry for the inconvenience. Avoided. Okay, now let's get to a story that I. I Irate mommy out there who regardless of what the public says and backpedaling now, by the way, but uh. Bought off by pharma. He's bought their lies. So now he's out there. 
about, you know what, folks, if you haven't bought onto that, that's like a politician saying, yeah, really? Not all doctors have, uh, you know, have bought into it. Doctor that wrote this Doctor, while yeah, you know, I'm sure. But if you somebody at least who on old car. Into my sixth year of research. Damn these vaccines. Yes, all of them. I am beginning idol memes and I don't know what you're trying to do when you write like this. Show everybody how smart you are, how educated you are, how well-versed you are, how many words you know. But out there to the masses? Or or do you just want everybody to think you're really smart and not understand a word you Because really, you don't say much whole paragraph to say something you could have said in a sentence. Brilliant scientists who eyes and agendas weighed in and presented their concerns about However, the average citizen resists and clings to the hyper-simplified, simply safe stance. Well, you see, this is where people like this are missing the boat because the hyper-simplified is all the American public can digest anymore. So if you want to combat a hyper-simplified belief, you're going to have to hyper-simplify your response, or else nobody's going to listen to you, egghead. I hate this. You know, now here's somebody with a good point who is just screwing it up by, oh, because i got to look smart. Well, I'm not against vaccines. I mean, they've done a lot. I'm sure there are some risks, but they're extremely rare. This is what she's saying. That this 
I understand now that my collection of PubMed articles logical, autoimmune, and questions raised by this information are They are not meaningful to me. Well, you see, what she is saying doctors do not mean well. Doctors are not doing their duty. Doctors are not holding themselves to a basic standard. I don't know how hard that is to say, but uh, I guess you could point is that is what she's trying to say here. They are not doing these things. But instead of debating the science, what it may take to change awareness, doesn't work, and may even cause illness. Unprovoked, all of these women have confessed to me that they have observed increased virulence in their vaccinated population. It is this clinical experience that has given them pause about the heavy-handed mandate Oh, I say, have you read the studies that suggest there's that one where they actually used a saline placebo in 115 children and found that those vaccinated had a 4.4 times increase of non-flu infection. Or how about the Canadian one? where they looked at four observational studies and found that 2008-2009 H1N1 vaccination was associated with a 1.4 to 2.5 increased risk of actually contracting said virus. Only after they have personal a personal template within which to fit the science affirming their observations, do they have room to hear? Well, folks, that's kind of the long way around again. Aren't gonna listen to anything that affects them. Doctors may care when they see patients, Everyone else. See, doctors aren't population. Well, I can tell you, folks, in the Patriot community, 
lot more people nodding their heads. You know why? Because they lost their good candy. Now it matters to them. This is what she's saying. Doesn't none none of the scientific facts, the facts, none of the facts about anything matter to anybody until they can until they feel it. One way or another, whatever way that is, until they feel it, till they see it, till they, you know, it, it affects their lives, they don't care about facts. They know someone harmed us. The basic human psychology that what is out over there is irrelevant at best and threatening at worst. What is near and familiar is what is true. Few of us seek to bridge gaps between what we are surrounded by and what may be out there to learn. The difficulty of appreciating the scale of harm brought to the population by vaccination practice. Logical insult. Every vaccine, but most do not appreciate what brain implant looks like. This can look like ADHD, autism, learning delay, autoimmune disorders, tracing the thread back to the vaccine. Studies have not. Tragically, we all know someone who has died from the flu. Given a routine and vaccine at his, or he became violently ill. One month and one month ago, died. He died from vaccine in known risk of this intervention in addition to feeling remorse for the pain I feel rage for what I believe to be manslaughter this is a medical intervention delivered without any regard for its objectivity and its potential to maim and kill healthy adults Propaganda surrounding this thing. The doctors treating this young the most obvious of causative doctors cannot appreciate a documented adverse event that occurs within 20 and your loved ones on medications and therapies for life. Oh, wait a minute, but that's not. And remember that this family cannot sue the physician who pushed the needle or the pharmaceutical company. I think about the Cliff Notes version. 
following an objective that may leave you lying dead on the side of the road. I know that few of you will read the issue gets close to I can almost guarantee fight the astronomical Yes, one eight confirmed in 2001, for example. Access to these figures is suspicious. But in the end, forget the stats and use some common It doesn't work. The Cochrane database, an objective gold standard assessment of stated in two studies that there is no data to support efficacy in children under two and in adults. Even the former chief vaccine officer of the FDA states, quote, there is no evidence that any influenza vaccine thus so far developed is effective in preventing or mitigating any attack of influenza. Uh, hello? Liking the, uh, the idea of being protected from the flu does not equate to being protected from the flu. That's essentially what your vaccine-promoting doctor or pharmacist is promoting an idea. This goes on a little bit more. This, this is obviously a well-educated individual. it out. Talk to doctors. Goes to seminars with doctors. Listen to stuff like this. No matter how hard and confusing it is, darn shame that they make. But right about one thing. Suck up this information, and you know what? The sad thing is, most people. Why do so many kids have that so called made up syndrome? Could it be the vaccine? Anyway, go coming up next is financial survival. I'll be back again tonight. As always, thanks for listening. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. 
food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. S&P 
about it. Now, the euro was 114 today, staying there off its low of uh, 112. And um, yes, Staples. I, I thought it was an interesting uh, report or announcement that Staples was buying Home Depot. I guess their stockholders didn't like it. It was down 11% today. So they're not buying Home Depot. Do you mean Staples stockholders didn't like it, or do you mean Home Depot's Well, Staples, Staples, like Staples stock is down 11%. So, so yes, you're right, from thepowerherbs.com. Hello, Hello, Wendy. Melody. How are you doing? Hey, Wendy. Hey. I'm here. Us. Thank you for joining us today. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Yep. Awesome. Well, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about Al how we can improve our health when we breathe better. Um, I, I'm I'm learning from a new exercise routine called classical stretch that I don't breathe properly, and learning to stretch and breathe properly really enhances my other exercise workouts. So I wanted to share the health benefits of getting to be, breathe better. Because uh, we really don't think about it. It's kind of like autopilot breathing. And um, Benjamin Franklin, he would always open windows even in the middle of winter, and he would take these deep breaths of fresh air. He says that kept him healthy. So proper breathing improves not only our sleep and our wakeful hours, it also improves our immune system function. But we really don't think about breathing properly, helping all our organs to communicate better with each other and deliver more oxygen and nutrition to every cell. So exercise experts in yoga say that when you improve your breathing, it will assist your body-mind balance and help your unconscious and conscious mind work better in tandem. So breathing, they say, is really the universal energy, and our nervous system can't live without excellent breathing. So when we improve our breathing, we'll improve a number of physical systems that we have, including the nervous system. And we also have the power to change the way we breathe. It's a voluntary motion uh, that we can improve on. So, And there's things that can sabotage our breathing, Al and Melody, uh, usually chronic stress or emotional distress or um, an illness of some kind. Our body responds with an elevated heart rate. We may even perspire our muscles get tensed, and our breathing becomes faster and shallower. So when this happens, our sympathetic nervous system can become overloaded and create more of an imbalance, and we could, it could lead to things like inflammation or high blood pressure or even chronic muscle pain. So when we learn to breathe properly, we can counter a lot of this imbalance and encourage ourselves to relax. So we're going to take a breathing test. You ready? Ready. <laughs> You're ready. Okay. Uh, so what we can do is uh, what you want to do is you want to put one hand on your chest and one hand on your abdomen, and you want to take a breath. And which hand rises higher? Probably Sonic, my abdomen. Oh, your abdomen. So you're an abdomen breather. Is that right?
<laughs> what about the chest? Well, typically uh, most people, most people, the the hand on the chest rises higher than the hand on the abdomen, and they are what are known as chest breathers. These, this is a shallow breathing, and it's not adequate. Uh, um, it's not enough oxygen to inflate uh, the bottom portion of the lungs. It will inflate the top portion of the lungs and up closer to the head area, but they call this chest breathing. And um, anyway, it's, it's just not adequate. You really want to uh, get the abdomen engaged in your breathing as well. So health experts tell us that chest breathing is not efficient breathing. The lower lobes of the lungs have more blood flow to them. So if the chest does not expand to, to increase the uh, volume of air into that area of the lungs, you have limited oxygen distribution to your blood system. And this hinders your circulation and the nutrient delivery and so forth. So the goal really is to become abdomen breathers to improve our health. So they say it's like brushing your teeth or riding a bike. Once you learn how to do it, you'll even do it while you're sleeping, becoming an abdomen breather. So what you want to do is, um, well, and when you do that, you'll also improve on a lot of stress, especially if you get um, stressed out. They say if you'll do this deep breathing, uh, you'll remove the stress in less than 10 minutes from your body. So we're going to convert you. Uh, the listeners out there from chest breathers to abdomen breathers, and um, it has a lot of physical and emotional benefits. So what it is is you're becoming really a diaphragmic breather. You're, en you're engaging the whole diaphragm, and you're also engaging that muscle in the chest uh, called, it's in the abdomen area, it's called the rectus abdominis, and that is the area where, you know, most bodybuilders have their six-pack. So that's the area we're going to really activate when we breathe. And it forces, actually, the muscle, when you do that, the muscle forces downward, and it causes uh, this negative pressure in the chest that forces the air uh, in and out of the lungs. So it increases your blood flow to the chest and to the heart and will stimulate more stamina to the body and the lymphatic system, which is your, your part of your immune system. So we can breathe with our abdomen will reduce the risk of lung infections, and it will react, be able to release more tension. So, why, uh, is, why does it release? Why does it reduce the risk of lung infections? Well, you're you're getting more blood flow and oxygen to the lungs, and blood brings uh, healing. It takes out uh, it takes out waste material and brings in nutrients. So, um, I think, yes, I think there's a, what what I'm wondering about is this: the way you're explaining this is when you breathe with your abdomen. You yeah. are inflating the entire lung. It implies that if you don't breathe with your abdomen, you're only inflating part of the lung, and that implies that some of the lungs are left essentially stagnant. And well, I'm wondering they're, they're if stagnation contributes to disease. Yes, it, it kind of it, they kind of get stiff. It's like a muscle, and when you don't have a full range of motion, you're going to have limitation. So if you're going to have limitation, then you do uh, open yourself up to more risk of infection and disease. So um, let's start. Let's try this. So put one hand on your chest and one hand on your abdomen, all right? And the goal is you want the abdomen to rise higher than your chest, the hand on your chest. So uh, you're going to pull air into the base of the lung. So you're going to also inhale through your nose, and you want to count to seven but you don't want to exceed the count of seven. Then you want to slowly exhale through your mouth, counting to eight, 
And then while you do that, you contract the abdomen, the rectus abdominis muscle there, to release all the air from the lungs and then relax. And this is going to extend your respirations, and you're more going to be completely exhaling. And you can repeat that pattern four times, so that means you'll be taking six breaths per minute. And your rate of exhalation is twice as long as the rate of inhalation. So that's the goal. And um, it is a respiratory system that the brain is connected to. So these breathing techniques really provide a powerful way to uh, enhance your, your whole system. And that actually is from the authors of The Healing Power of Breath, Dr. Richard Brown and Dr. Patricia Gerberg. They say it's a portal. Even though it's a voluntary, it's an involuntary um, issue breathing, most people just don't think about it, but it is voluntary. You can change the rate, the depth, the pattern, and all that. So you can relax in 10 minutes with deep breathing like this. Students can practice this technique before they take a big exam or play the big game, and it's excellent for a stress management tool. And according to the experts at WebMD.com, if you have difficulty grasping a new subject, they say this deep breathing can make it easier to learn new things. So um, stress can mess us up in a number of ways. So learning to breathe is going to enhance us and it's going to de-stressify us. What do you think of that? I think I'm not, I'm not sure that stressify is a word, but I think I understand. I know. What you're yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like you're a little like our former president Bush. You made up his own words once more. I think that's maybe what, but other than that, yeah, I get this. I mean, I understand what you're saying, mm -hmm. and, you know, I don't know, it makes good sense, and it's actually a simple kind of procedure. I mean, it's difficult to explain. You've got a number of things on your explanation. That is, you know, put a hand on the breath, on, on the chest, one on the, one on the stomach, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, it, but it's, it's actually, it's just breathing. Yeah, it is, and and hopefully your stomach's not huge. In that way, you can't tell, you know, which That's hand is higher. That's one of the things. My stomach is it's it's already <laughs> higher than my chest in its own way, so I don't know. Uh -oh, but well, I, was, I was thinking of the other end also on the chest issue. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, like a valley parting issue. Yeah. Okay. Now, I, I hope you don't have that problem, Al. Well, I know. Uh, <laughs> It's one of those things I think the man's problem is typically more with the stomach or abdomen than with the chest. And women, they have a different kind of problem, although men might not necessarily agree that that's a problem. But when it comes to breathing, maybe so. Yeah. Um, well, and, you know, there's some herbs let me that help, this. too. Let me ask mm -hmm. you this. When we, we have two ways of breathing, abdominal breathing and chest breathing. That's what, you're, that's, I'm, yeah. that's what I'm understanding you to say. I don't doubt that at times I do chest breathing, but I suspect that when I do it is when I am not just in the sense of being stressed, but in a sense, for example, if I was running down the road, sure. I'm going to guess that my chest breathing is kind of like the afterburner. Your well, primary means of breathing ideally is perhaps with your stomach, but if you're getting into a football game or a basketball game or you're running for your life, at that point in time, the chest breathing kicks in and adds to your breathing capacity. Is that true or is that a bad guess? No, you're right. Uh, actually, it's like the fight or flight response. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and that way you get more blood flow and oxygen to the yeah. head area. So, yeah, so your chest breathing would be for more um, situations of need uh, or exertion, as you're saying. 
So, yeah, but in, in most times you're not exerted like that. You Most of the times you're more relaxed and you and you're, should be an abdominal breather. And there's a lot of people that um, have been able to use some herbs to help expand the volume of their chest capacity and get more oxygen into the deeper area of the lungs, especially if they have to decongest, you know, um, asthmatics, for instance, um, and also people with congestion. There's a herb called lobelia that dilates the diaphragm muscle and allows you to take a deeper breath, and it el- helps you get more power behind a cough so you can dislodge. relaxation formula and it's at thepowerherbs.com if you want to check that out or ask for our free product catalog by calling 866-229-3663 thepowerherbs.com all right all right wendy we've actually got about another 30 seconds according to my clock anything else you'd like to add well, I, we have the 15th anniversary catalog. Well, I'm getting a lot of good feedback on that. It has more information this time, so people can make more educated decisions. But they can download that catalog, too, off our website at thepowerbs.com. Just click on books, newsletters, and free catalog to find it. And, uh, and just you know, give us a call if you need us to mail you a hard copy. And get educated. It's empowering. Hi, Wendy. Thanks very much. That's Wendy Wilson from thepowerherbs.com. 866-229-3663. Wendy Wilson. We'll talk to Wendy again next Wednesday. Uh, we'll take a break for some commercials. Melody and I will be back in a moment. Please stay tuned. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. 
Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary or toll-free 866-229-3663 or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663 or thepowerherbs.com. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit discount gold and silver trading at dgscoins.com. That's dgscoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Greece is, 
you know, I've, I doubt that Greece, I doubt that we have any states in this country that are smaller in terms of size and population than Greece. It's not that you wouldn't think that Greece has much economic significance, and yet people are always say, oh, my gosh, Greece has to pay the bill. They've got to pay the bill. They've got to pay the bill. Why? To me, the answer had to be because those bonds that Greece had issued and evidence of their debt were being used as collateral by some of the banks, perhaps the European Central Bank or other banks in Europe or who knows where, they they were used as collateral. And then under fractional reserve banking, if they've got a million-dollar bond from Greece, they're lending out, who knows, $10 million or more to the, to, the, uh, to the public. And if Greece closes down on that $1 million bond and says, gee, we can't pay, then they have to pull in the $10 million that, were, that was loaned under fractional reserve banking based on that million-dollar Greek bond. And they don't want to pull that $10 million in. The significance is that while Greece allegedly owns somewhere in the neighborhood of $300 billion, they might have to pull in 10 times that much or more if the Greek debt was rendered void. That'd be like pulling $3 trillion and maybe a lot more than that out of the European economy. Well, here's something from the market ticker. Titled, If True, Then, that's the title on it, it says, George Osborne has recently warned that the standoff between Greece and its international creditors could derail Britain's recovery, driving the deadlock as the biggest threat to the global economy. Now, once again, we are looking at little tiny Greece, derailing Britain's economy, their recovery. How can that be? That just doesn't make sense. That's like, you know, it's, it's a little bit for lack of a the nail, the shoe was lost, for lack of a shoe, the horse was lost, for lack of a horse, the king, the, the, the battle was lost, the king was lost, fought. Um, he goes on, and he says, the chancellors urged Greece, the rest of the Eurozone, to act responsibly as the newly elected uh, government, the Greek government, seeks to reduce the country's debt pile and renegotiate the $240 billion bailout agreement. This article, again, is coming from the market ticker, and they write, think about that, folks. Greece is a tiny little nation. It has roughly $240 billion in GDP, a minuscule four-tenths of a percent of the world's economic output. So how does this little nation become the greatest threat to the world economic outlook? There's only one way this can possibly be true. The rest of the world, specifically the rest of the European Union, must have levered themselves at some obscene multiple, like 100 to 1 or more, such that if those bets go bad, they are unable to be covered and the creditor is not part of the European Union or the creditor's funds were sufficient, were fictitious. Excuse me. What they're just saying is pretty much what I was talking about a couple of days ago. And they said, look, the only way Greeks debt is that significant is if it's been multiplied or levered under, uh, leveraged under fractional reserve banking to where there's $234 billion. Some sources say $315 billion. I'm just going to say $300 billion owed by Greece. It's just 10 times 
if it was leveraged by ten times under fractional reserve banking, then they could be there could be three trillion dollars called in if the entire three hundred billion dollar Greek debt was cancelled. That's the big danger, and that's why everyone's screaming. And here's another article, and it's entitled this is from uh, Miss Shedlock. Titled Smart Debt Engineering Markets Giddy Over Greek Debt Proposal. Markets are giddy today over a plan to end debt standoff released yesterday by Greek Finance Minister Yanis Varoufakis. Varoufakis said the government would no longer call for headline write off of Greek's $315 billion, or excuse me, $315 billion euro foreign debt. I may have said dollars with my numbers before, but we're talking about euros. Our focus said would no longer call for headlines. Now, in other words, the Syriza party, which won election on January 25th, that's 10 days ago, right? They won election on the 25th based on its radical promise to end austerity, right, and thus not repay the Greek national debt. They're talking about cutting up, they're talking about repudiating half the Greek national debt. That's what they're talking about. Now, after less than two weeks in office, Syriza has apparently so, uh, softened its stance and implicitly declared that it would not cancel half of the Greek debt and would instead implement a program of smart debt engineering. That's the term they're using. Smart debt engineering would allow Greece to pay, uh, to not pay its debts without having to admit that it's insolvent and bankrupt as expressly admitted just last week by Greece's Minister of Finance, Yadi Varoufakis. Now, what I'm getting to is Greece, all they have to do is say, okay, we're going to, oh, yeah, you can count on us. We're going to, well, we'll pay all of our debt. Well, as long as they say that, all of the correlative debt or instruments are deemed to be performing. They still have value. Unless Greece admits that, look, we're insolvent, we can't pay. And in fact, I saw Giannis uh, Varoufakis back just, just the last several days. He was on an interview where he admitted, look, what you've got to understand is Greece is insolvent. This isn't an illiquidity problem. It's not a problem where they don't have enough money in their wallet. Like going out for dinner with your friends, and you say, oh, my gosh, I forgot my wallet. Uh, Bob, you're going to have to pay. You're going to have to pay for my dinner, and I'll get the money back to you on Monday. Now, that would be an illiquidity problem. I don't have the cash in my pocket. Greece doesn't have the cash in its bank accounts. But it's not a bankruptcy problem. It's a completely different thing if you say, gee, gee Bob, I don't have any money because I'm bankrupt. I'm flat broke. But could you pay my bill? Could, could you pay for my dinner anyway? That's a bankruptcy problem, an insolvency problem. And what the Minister of Finance agrees said, yeah, they have, they're bankrupt. They can't pay it. They don't have it. And it's wrong to keep dragging them down the road, pretending they're going to pay when they can't ever. Smart debt engineering would allow Greece to not pay its debts without having to admit that it's insolvent and bankrupt. You know, as expressly admitted last week by the Greek Minister of Finance. This probably marks the single quickest repudiation of, by a political party of policy in world history. Less than two weeks ago, the radical Syriza party was determined that Greek austerity, they were going to end the austerity by canceling at least half of their debt to 
today that same party has become reasonable and will not cut half of its debt. I will bet you that the Greek people, I mean, my God, they just voted these people in two weeks ago. And now they're already, the, the new party is threatening to say, no, you've still got to pay your debt. Or at least that, that's possible. That, that's the appearance of it. Greek people are probably getting ready to riot, march, throw a few Molotov cocktails, whatever, and throw Syriza out if Syriza doesn't change its, its course. What Greece wants is to go ahead, Melanie. I would say politicians, but it kind of makes you wonder what was the defining moment that made them. Somebody sat down. You betcha. (laughs) Somebody sat them down, and what has happened is. uh, Want to live? (laughs) Maybe. You want to live. It may be that they threatened their lives. It may be that they. How would you like to retire to a mansion in uh, uh, on on the uh, Mediterranean coast of of France? Would you like to have a mansion down there? What do you want? It may be they sat them down and explained how real world economics works. And it may be that Zipras, the new Greek prime minister, and Varkakis, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, the new Greek minister of finance. All of a sudden they realized, oh, my gosh, it's not so simple that we can just cancel the debt. If we do, we're going to cut everybody's throat, including our own. Somebody may have given them a real lesson in economics, and they said, oh, my gosh. True. Political parties that said what they needed to say in order to get elected. I don't think that's what happened. I don't think they would have dared. I mean, this thing is so crazy and potentially violent. You'd have to be nutty to go in there and say, well, we won the election. We'll probably be hanged in the next <laughs> two or three weeks. But we did win the election. You know, I don't think so. I, I think they were sincere. They may have been ignorant or now they're educated or now they're in, in danger. Hard to say. <laughs> but they have an attitude adjustment. In Greece, you know, you remember that song, Melody? You ever hear it? He's eating an ad. This guy's singing about it. he got an ad. Attitude adjustment. Cop busted mm-hmm. his head with a club and the rest of that sort of thing. He's got an attitude adjustment. Well, Greece apparently got an attitude adjustment. It says here in the article, Greece wants smart debt engineering. That's the term they're using. <laughs> that would avoid the need <laughs> to use a term such as debt haircuts. Right? They don't want to talk about giving people a haircut. Because that's politically unacceptable in Germany and other creditor countries, he said, because it sounds to taxpayers like an outright loss, which is exactly what we're talking about, but we're going to put another name on it. It, it It's another illustration of the situation with Janice uh, Yell, Yellen, or Janet Yellen, where she used the word patient. Exactly. And the market jumped, all right, to record highs, she said. And, God, we're living in a world where the markets are determined by the use of words, right? I, all by itself, if somebody says, <laughs> you know, if you say a taboo word, oh, my gosh, the world may come to an end. If you say a great word, a magical word, the marketplace may jump. Run an economy based on just words. As important as public confidence may be, nevertheless, it can't, the economy cannot depend on just words. Because sooner or later, somebody is going to say something stupid, 
And if they do, then the whole thing may collapse. But Greece doesn't, they want to call it smart debt engineering, but not a haircut, okay, because that's politically unacceptable. You see, it's not an outright loss. That's what they're trying to avoid. They don't want Germans to understand that they're getting beat out of their money completely. It's not an outright loss unless the governments of Greece and Germany publicly admit that it's an outright loss. As long as we pretend that Greece, which will never be able to actually repay its current national debt, so long as we pretend that Greece is still going to repay someday, somehow, then the economic system can hold together. But if we admit the truth, as has already been publicly admitted by the Syriza party, uh, again, uh, Venice, uh, he admitted this just in the last week, that Greece is insolvent. It was his term, insolvent, meaning bankrupt, and permanently unable to pay its current debt. If we admit that truth, the whole house of economic cards might collapse, certainly for Greece, probably for the European Union, and maybe even for the United States. Little Greece, four-tenths of a percent of the global population, if they won't pay their bills, if they publicly come out and say, that's it, forget it, we're not paying. The whole house of cards can come down. It tells you something about how fragile the current economy is. If Little Greece can collapse this, the, can collapse the debt. What about what about North Dakota? What if what if debts up in North Dakota get so far out of line that it can't be paid? In Canada and Mexico and every other country, I mean, how, where's a smaller country than Greece? And yet, if Greece doesn't pay its debts, the whole thing might go down. Bar see, that was the Minister of Finance in Barfakis. Seeks a menu of debt swaps to ease the burden, including two new types of bonds. New and improved bonds, lady, that's the solution. The first type of bond is indexed to nominal economic growth, and it would replace European rescue loans. Now, the article I'm reading from doesn't explain what they mean by indexed to nominal economic growth, but what I think it means is that if the Greek economy recovers, starts to grow, starts to generate a little of cash, a little extra cash, some sort of payment would be made on the first kind of bond. That's it. It would be indexed to growth in the Greece, Greek economy. However, so long as the Greek economy didn't grow, no payment would be made. The second bond, the second type of bond, which Varoufakis termed perpetual bonds would replace European Central Bank-owned Greek bonds. Okay? The, the Central Banks are holding Greek bonds. Greeks are obligated to pay those bonds over the course of the next five years, ten years, however long. What they want to do is they're going to swap out the bonds with the Greeks they're obligated to pay <laughs> in the next ten years. And they're going to swap those for perpetual bonds where the Greeks would never be obligated to repay. You have a bond, yeah, but the Greeks would never have to repay. They'd be called perpetual bonds because they'd be meant to be never, ever repaid. These perpetual bonds would correspond to the old joke by debtors who would tell you, I'd rather owe it to you than cheat you out of it. You understand? The Greeks aren't going to cheat you out of the debt. They're going to give you a perpetual bond, and it'll be perpetual because you never have to pay the debt. But you're not going to be cheated. Ah, oh, what else? Purchased by the European Central Bank. 
these perpetual bonds. Where are we? Already? Oh, I'm well into the commercial thing. Come back and I'll finish this. There's a couple last remarks that are just adding to this eternal comedy. You know, we had Greece. I think they started when we first saw those two masks, one for comedy, one for tragedy in the theater. <laughs> we need to break out the masks. We are going to need them in Greece again. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Stevens. Come back in a moment, please. Stay. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in an untested vaccine hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate in those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand, have a plan, have peace, and request your pandemic kit today. Or take your chances with the bad boys. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now.
probably correspond to the toxic assets. That was the term that was used when the Federal Reserve purchased a bunch of worthless securities from insolvent banks in 2008 to 2009 when the U.S. was near financial collapse. Of course, the Greeks won't use the term toxic assets to describe their bonds because having heard that term in the U.S. five or six years ago, people would realize perpetual bonds means toxic assets, which means whoever is issuing the new Greek bonds is bankrupt. And the toxic assets slash perpetual bonds are worthless. If the people truly understood that the Greek government is bankrupt, they'd lose confidence in the Greek and even European Union financial systems. Without public confidence, those fiat monetary systems could collapse. And the final analysis, whether the Greek bonds have any real value, is irrelevant. What counts is that the world thinks that the Greeks will someday somehow repay their debts and therefore the perpetual Greek bonds will someday have some value. Greek and India and European Union monetary systems are based on the lie that Greece will somehow repay its debts. Can't, won't, isn't going to happen. How long can that lie be sustained? How long can the truth be suppressed? Sooner or later, people are going to say, you know what, Greeks can pay their debts. I think this is all just a fast shuffle. And when that happens, those debts are going to be seen as worthless. And then under fractional reserve banking, loans that are based on those debts, and they're multiple, I guess, who knows, 10 times. The article we read from earlier suggested it might be leveraged as much as 100 times. Greeks are in debt for $300 billion. It might be 100 times, not just 10 times. Three trillion, it might be $30 trillion that they're in debt, or that $30 trillion in loans that are based on Greek bonds. And those loans, in theory, have to be called in if the Greek bonds are shown to be worthless. And this is why they needed to maintain the illusion of toxic assets. They said, oh, this, here in the United States, they would buy our toxic assets. And in doing so, they maintained the illusion that the loans under fractional reserve banks banking that had been made based on those toxic assets were still okay. Doing the same thing in Greece right now. We just have to wonder how long can this game be sustained? What happens when even a little country like Greece says, hey, look, guys, we're bankrupt. We can't pay. What happens then? Melly, what's your special for today? Well, we're running just a little one here, but it's a, a power. Yes, can you hear me? Yeah. Hello. Yeah, I can. I can. Yeah, I can hear you now, but I just no. uh, pay attention. <laughs> no, that was all right. I will. Try. Anyway, let's go on. Let's go on with this special. Uh-huh. He's got a, a small special, but it's a powerful special, and uh, certainly it's great for both investments in gold and silver, and it is both uh, American eagles. Um, we have a one tenth of an ounce gold eagle along with 20 silver eagles, one-ounce silver eagles, 22 a tube. And, of course, they would be dated 2015, and that total package is $520, and that includes all your shipping costs. So it's a nice little package uh, for those of you who are looking for small fractional pieces. Uh, The one-tenth ounce is a great little coin to own. It's far superior than the chips and the 
and the brands and the, the little bars uh, that have become a novelty uh, that has been pushed. And uh, uh, certainly most people would recognize and accept a coin minted by a, a government, uh, the U.S. government, over that type of a, a novelty of the bars grand. So it's a great little package. Of course, everyone is familiar with the one-ounce Silver Eagle, and uh, you get 22 a tube. This includes all your shipping costs for 500 and $20. You can give us a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. And it's interesting because the uh, uh, aftermarket in gold and silver continue to rise. We have gold right now at 1271 uh, up almost $10. So it's uh, uh, silver is pretty much the same. You see a little bit of increase in platinum and palladium, but uh, gold is up 990 So at the 1271. Since the markets closed. Since we since I gave the numbers. Oh, since you gave the, the numbers. Okay. Yeah, the gold market actually closes earlier in the day, but I use the New York spot price because most of my clients do. So it's a little easier for them to understand when you're describing the spot price and so forth. So uh, gold continues to trade in the aftermarket. These are aftermarket numbers, and they do continue to rise. So um, good sign for, for gold tomorrow. And uh, we were going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, Jordan. No, ISIS. ISIS and, and, yeah. and Jordan. And Jordan's uh, king vows a relentless war on the Islamic State's own ground. And, of course, that is uh, uh, tying in on the uh, video that was published by this group showing a captured Jordanian Air Force pilot being burned alive in a cage. And it's, you know, Al, it kind of just makes you, I mean, the thought, press, you know, thought process is just, uh, um, you had Jordan and they hung two Iraqi jihadists. Uh, one was a woman on Wednesday, and they vowed to intensify this military action against the Islamic State. Um, stated in a television um, uh, comment, the king was quoted as saying, we are waging this war to protect our faith our values and human principles and our war for their sake will be relentless and will hit them in their own ground. And he also stated that he had promised an earth-shaking response to the killing of its pilot that was captured after his F-16 crashed. So um, they, this Islamic State has certainly has gotten... Uh, uh, They've lost their minds. They have. Well, you I mean, this is so barbaric and so horrific. Uh, you know, you die, you die. I, in the end, I don't know necessarily that it makes a lot of difference how you die, but this is certainly a terrible way to go, being burned alive in a cage. This is the sort of thing, who could have authorized this? They are, are, this may be just some lunatic at the lower level, of the Islamic State military that just did this and because he, he's a, just a dummy. But if this is authorized by the by the top leadership, people have discredited themselves so badly that Jordan is claiming they're going to attack ISIS in part to save the Islamic faith. They understand that people looking at this right now are saying, my God. How can you call yourself the religion of peace if you're willing to burn a man alive? 
There's no one in the world who can sit back and say, well, I'm Muslim, and I'm proud that we burned this Jordanian in a cage, burned him alive. No Muslim can make that statement and also expect the world to sit back and say, well, oh, boy, I sure want to grow up to be a Muslim. This is the religion of peace. This is an astonishing atrocity committed by Muslims against Muslims. The whole thing is beyond comprehension, but it's going to ignite some sort of serious dichotomy. I mean, there's already a dichotomy between the two fundamental faiths, two fundamental branches of the Muslim faith, one of which is Shia, and what's the other one? I can't think of the term. I can't think of the proper term, but that, that dichotomy already exists. And it's broken out in warfare over the centuries between the two major branches of the Muslim faith. And then they play nice for maybe another century or two, and then they go into big wars. This stupid, mindless, horrific, brutal, bestial burning of a man, a man in a cage, it is going to inspire some sort of fragmentation within the within the overall, within the world Muslim community that it just might be spectacular. We'll watch and see, and uh, Jordan says there's going to be an earth-shaking consequence. Well, you can say it's earth-shaking because it's, you know, it's going to be big. It's going to be something important. I don't know that Jordan has any nuclear weapons. I don't suppose that it does, to tell you the truth. Um, but they're talk when they talk about earth shaking, they could be talking about some sort of horrific bombing. And that shakes the earth. I'm not sure that's what he meant. Did he say earth shaking as a metaphor? Or was he saying, okay, you SOBs, keep your eye on the sky because we've got something headed your way that's going to just bomb the, the poo out of you people. Uh, hard to say, but this is a big event. It probably, I don't know that ISIS, the Islamic State, I don't know that they thought this would be that that significant, but they have terrible, terrible political judgment. So. Well, you got to remember that they also just beheaded the uh, Japanese hostage. I understand that. I mean, that just happened with this week, last week, last week. Yeah, but that's, 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 that's a standard that's a standard procedure among Muslims. I mean, the world is almost going to go, oh, yeah, the Muslims are beheading more people. But the again, uh, but it was also, but it was also, head it was also a woman. Yeah. You know. Heads ahead, you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, we do know that we have to remember that Jordan is a major U.S. ally in this, ally in this fight. Um, that the, it has become that. It has become a, a major. They were. They were fine. We're going to play nice now. For well, them. no, they were a major ally during the invasion of Iraq in 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, it's home to hundreds of U.S. military uh, uh, trainers uh, trying to to uh, uh, build the defenses at the, at the Syrian and Iraqi borders. So, you know, it is. Uh, but we are also left to wonder. Make sure how wonder. many of the. Islamic State warriors and leaders have been trained by U.S. military advisors. So they go in there and train people, we're going to teach you how to fight. Yeah, well, maybe you're going to teach them how to fight, but let's see if you can teach them how to fight only on whatever side happens to be with the United States at any particular time. Can you do that? And the answer is no, they can't. 
maybe we shouldn't be teaching people how to fight. Because when you teach people how to fight, guess what? They fight. Is that good for us? Good for the world? Good for the Iraq? Good for Iraq? Good for Syria? Good for Jordan? Who's it good for? I don't know. It's, you know, you can't, you, the world is such that you have to learn how to fight. You have to fight on a lot of things. I know that. I get that. But it doesn't mean you have to train every stumble bum who walks in the door and says he needs some training. There's got to be a little more discretion on this, at least in my opinion. And how do you do it? Easily said, hard to do. The only thing you can say for sure about any of this is that the instability in the Middle East is growing. It's not diminishing. The fighting is only likely to increase. The Middle East is becoming is going to become even more obviously unstable which means the supply of crude oil is going to become less reliable. Almost inevitably, we're going to shut down enough crude oil or the price is going to go up again, if only because production's been cut by 25%. Maybe that the Saudis don't want to cut production and OPEC doesn't want to cut production. Maybe production will be cut, just the same by people blowing up pipelines and refineries and whatever. We're out of time, folks. I want to thank all of you for listening. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. We'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Frank the producer. Bye-bye. I work all night, I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? Still, there never seems to be a single penny left for me. That's too bad. In my dreams, I have a friend. If I got me a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work at all. I'd fool around and have a ball. Money, money, money. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Few things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug 
for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe, all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family.
fighting soldiers from the sky. Fearless men who jump and die. Men who mean just what they say. The brave men of the Green Beret. Silver wings upon their chest. These are men, America's best. One hundred men. There we are, our favorite song, Ballad of the Green Beret. I know you probably get tired of it every day, but boy, when I go back and think about uh, being a young soldier in special forces and uh, having the opportunities of all the dairy dudes, um, we'd think of more ways to try and be macho. You know, parachuting, parachuting at night, free-falling uh, from 10,000, 25,000 feet like bird manure at night with uh, strobes. We had little strobes we had to wear, and they'd wink on and off. And I never saw one from the ground, but uh, my wife used to say, oh, boy, she'd go out to pick me up at the drop zone. and said, we could barely hear the C-130. Then all of a sudden, it was like somebody that you couldn't see, like the Sandman, pouring a bucket of stars out in the sky. There were all these twinkling stars that seemed to come out of something invisible. And then they would just start falling and sort of spreading out and uh, twinkling on and off. She said, it was amazing. Wow. Then we'd put on scuba gear with our twin 72 steel tanks and uh, go out and jump out of airplanes with scuba gear. You couldn't really jump out of an airplane. All you did is fell out of an airplane. And what was exciting is is that in falling out of the airplane, the, the prop wash wind would just spin you down the side of the aircraft until you were clear, which left you all wound up. Then the idea was to see if you could unwind your suspension lines and take out the safety fork uh, to be able to release your harness and then get one of the harnesses loose from where the risers attached to the harness and uh, to do all into, you've got had to then to uh, spin your mask around. We used to jump with our mask turned around backwards. Oh man! And uh, hit the water. And now there you go, trying to keep out of uh, the suspension lines, trying to get out of your air uh, parachute harness all at night. Oh, my goodness. They paid you money to do that. That's why that song brings back so many memories. And I'll never forget Charlie Beckman. He was a Delta commander. And uh, we were out and had spotted a huge cache 
along the Ho Chi Minh Trail of communist weapons that uh, were in 55-gallon drums, and they were being hidden there. And we just happened to come down there as we infiltrated by parachute. We just dropped in on them. Well, there were North Vietnamese all around, and so uh, we hid in a big uh, bamboo growth. And there was uh, myself and a master sergeant and uh, three Cambodians. So we couldn't make a move all night. As a matter of fact, uh, I sent using my HT-1 radio, it was a special forces radio. It was supposed to have been on our own frequency, but I think the enemy had probably captured enough of them, or Red China had bought enough of them, where they were able to monitor us. Anyway, I uh, I sent Morris code just using the push to talk, where it would cut out uh, the rushing sound. And I'll tell you, it just shows you how really good uh, special forces and rangers are. Because we had a mountain out there that uh, was so high, it was called Nui, which means mountain, Ba, which means uh, black, and, uh, I'm sorry, Nui Ba, Ba meant uh, like a, a brother or a virgin, actually, could be dual meaning. And then Din meant black, Nui Ba Din, the black virgin mountain, and it could receive, uh, because there was nothing else around, it just stuck up all by itself, and so we had a radio relay, now the enemy controlled the base of the mountain, but the special forces, we were right up on the tip top, and so it wasn't easy to make, now if they had had an aircraft, they'd just come over and bombed us, that'd have been that, but uh, using ground forces, it was pretty easy you know, to defend a, basically a vertical peak. Uh, but we couldn't go down and, and force them off the base of the mountain either. Uh, so it was sort of a um, friendly adversarial relationship. Uh, as long as all the guys did up there was relay radio transmissions, well, Delta... Uh, we were all top secret. Uh, it was a Greek organization. We had Sigma, Omega, and Delta. Sigma was an organization much like Delta. Omega, they were primarily uh, line tapping and uh, breaking into enemy uh, transmissions and monitoring and uh, finding enemy sites of communications. And so these uh, three Greek organizations, as they were called, uh, they were all uh, part of SONG, uh, which was the acronym for Studies and Observation Group, which was uh, a cover for Special Operations Group. <laughs> when finally the president uh, awarded a presidential citation, it was to SOG, the Special Operations Group, instead of studies and observation. They had always 
you know, the military is rich with acronyms and abbreviations. But that sergeant, one of the radio relay, now you think all those guys are too, it's a good thing they didn't have Game Boys and stuff like that, video poker. But those guys sitting up there monitoring that radio 24-7, here we got a Delta team that is inserted, and they would be listening for a transmission. They would be listening for Morris code sent by a code machine, by uh, oh, a, even a, a Morris code uh, clicker. But to just listen and suddenly hear the squelch break, that guy finally came on. So I had a little earpiece, and he said, I think someone is trying to send code. Try to get a rhythm. Well, that's the problem with uh, 5-1 Bravos. Let's see, 5-1. Oh, one, uh, let's see. Yeah, that was a radio uh, military specialty. Was And these guys, all when they walked, you could tell a uh, radio man. Now, to be qualified in special forces uh, as a 05B was you had to be able to send and receive 18 words a minute. Now, that, that uh, word is counted as five-letter group, code group. So it didn't spell anything. It was all in code, but you had to be able to send 18 and receive 18 of those five-letter groups in a minute. And a lot of these guys had what they call bugs, and they were electronic, so if you pushed it to one side, it would just go, and that would be the, the bits. And if you pushed it to the other side, it would go, da 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 da, da. That was the da. The, the, so dit da was A. Well, if you weren't a radio man, you didn't have uh, this uh, rhythm. In other words, you could walk and look like a normal person, or you could march to the beat of the drum. You try to get a bunch of O five bravos to uh, march to the drum or keep time, and they all they uh, you know they all kind of had a jangle when they walked. That's because they had this rhythm, and they could actually they knew each other. All the special forces uh, radio operators knew one another because of the particular. It's like an accent. Only it's in how you have your jangle and how you send your code. Well, not being a radio operator, there have been times on secret missions when my radio operators have been killed or were not available or like this. There was myself and this master sergeant and three Cambodians. And the master sergeant wasn't a, an O5B. He wasn't a radio man either. And so here I am, the commander, trying to send uh, a message to Nuibaden to tell them that we had landed right in the middle of a uh, rather large enemy organization, and uh, we could see that this was a supply point. And so what I was recommending is that a company of airborne rangers come in the next day and we would raid this supply point, capture all these uh, uh, munitions before they could get into the hands of the 
uh, guerrillas in South Vietnam. And uh, so uh, finally the guy at Nui Ba Dinh said, get a little rhythm, get some rhythm. And then he, the bottom line is he got my message. And so he sent that message on to Charlie Beckwith at Delta headquarters where we were staging out of usually some trash pit uh, at some uh, U.S. Army advisor uh, organization. And this thing, I think it was like Benoit, because our team was a long way uh, from any city. The point is, is that the next day, uh, I get a message just before dawn, which, see, we had to, we knew we had to move. Well, before we moved, the enemy moved. They had a road. That was a Ho Chi Minh Trail. So they moved all the time along there. Sometimes they had roads big enough, uh, depending on the section, where they had trucks for crying out loud. We blew up bridges along the Ho Chi Minh Trail. They had them repaired uh, within the next few hours. And a lot of times they were camouflaged, and so the reason that we had to use ground units to blow up uh, the trail and the bridges, it's because the Air Force uh, couldn't see them. And so uh, special forces and special ops, we would get in the, on the trail and we could call in airstrikes and direct the airstrikes. And we had a thing called SkySpot, which was radar bombing. You give them a 10-digit coordinate. And by golly, uh, they uh, would blow it up. Pretty pretty unique, uh, but that, that became actually later on, in the early days, and so this was early days, we didn't have Sky Spot at that time, so Charlie Beckwith calls back and says he wants a prisoner well there's a lot that a Delta team can do uh, with three Chinese and two Americans we can go into denied areas. Now, if you had a uh, an intelligence team of Vietnamese, you see the problem that we had with them is the little buggers would not go into the denied areas. They would infiltrate into a safe area, and then they would just couple up there, and they'd report uh, for days like they were moving and all the things they were seeing. It was like a fantasy a Disneyland. Well, we found out that uh, that's what they were doing. Now, when the Americans in 1965 came to Vietnam, the Marines, 82nd Airborne, the 101st Airborne Division, when they came to Vietnam, Charlie Beckwith, uh, told me I was the intelligence officer and the reconnaissance chief. He said, Bo, I don't want no more Vietnamese. We are not going to go out there as advisors. And, uh, see, they were the commanded in those days, the Delta patrols. And so what could an American do other than just send back to our base and say, we aren't moving. We're hiding in a great big huckleberry bush, and, and uh, we're not moving. And then the Vietnamese would lie uh, to Major Todd, who lied to the general. And uh, 
we didn't care. Because that was the Vietnamese War. But when the Americans got there, uh, we had a special forces colonel, and he was a, a really neat old guy. And he told me personally, he said, with our Americans, he said, I want an officer on the ground. He's talking to me. There was only one officer in Delta Recon. I want an officer on the ground, though. And he said, I want people that we can trust. We're going to run the operations because the American commanders are going to get the truth. And so uh, that was good. I trained a bunch of uh, what they call Chinese gnomes. The Chinese gnomes were all professional mercenaries. And so we just didn't go. Now, we still had a Vietnamese uh, look called, which means uh, special forces in Vietnamese, Viet Dong Quan, which means rangers. We had a special forces ranger airborne battalion, the only one in the country. And we could call them in uh, for special strikes. Well, while it was an American unit out there, we were going to plan on using uh, the Airborne Rangers uh, to exploit this find. And you see, when it wasn't Vietnamese on the ground, Major Todd and, uh, and the general for special forces in the Vietnamese, they didn't care much about uh, committing uh, their uh, special troops like the only airborne ranger battalion they had. But Beckwith said, bring me a prisoner. Now, uh, when you have got uh, five guys, what it usually means is that we had a little circle, and then when we moved, I had uh, one Chinese out in front, and then there was myself with my compass and a map. And then there was the master sergeant, and then we had a couple of Chinese uh, as tail gunners watching who was uh, watching us. But what do you do about getting a prisoner? Well, first of all, you got to find something that you can get a hold of. In other words, uh, there was always, I mean, along the Ho Chi Minh Trail, my Lord, that is like uh, Tropicana Boulevard, Las Vegas Boulevard in Las Vegas on a Saturday. I mean, it is lined up. You can't run up there and grab somebody and throw them on the ground, and you got 10,000 uh, people ready to jump on you. Bottom line is, we got the prisoner. I got shot in the back of the head with a Kalashnikov. That's an AK-47. And we got the Airborne Ranger Battalion. Now the whole problem is, is that when you get a bunch of Vietnamese, like the Airborne Rangers, that's supposed to be the most elite unit they have, but when they are in these denied zones, they know it. They know there's not 10,000 guys that are ready to reinforce them. They know they're on their own. They're going to have to fight people, and the odds could be 1,000 to 1. But see, being the Airborne Ranger Battalion, they're supposed to say, hey, 
we're tough as long as we get back to back. Well, it was like having a mob of wild horses that you have suddenly dropped into uh, a range. And now you're hoping that they're all going to corral and get around you and we're going to take all these weapons we've found and we're going to exploit and ambush this big trail and get out of town. I tell you, it, it, it was something. Because here you got a Delta recon team that is suddenly in command of an Airborne Ranger battalion just trying to get them from running and and shooting themselves and trying to, so I could talk to Airborne Relay then, it was daytime, and get a place where we could exfiltrate these characters along with the prisoner that had uh, cost me a slug in the back of my head. It all came out okay. And I was in the hospital resting. The reason I love that uh, ballad of the Green Beret that I play at the start of Freedom Call is because just as the sun's going down, I'm thinking to myself, wow, you know, last night we were infiltrating uh, into War Zone C and way up there in the north. And, uh, oh, man, we were in, in the bamboo, and, you know, in the middle of those turkeys. They were all around us with fires and dogs, and I was sending Morse code over uh, my radio by breaking squelch. And, I mean, just the whole day I just thought, oh, how and about that time, here comes Charlie Beckler. Now, we called him Charging Charlie because uh, I don't know if he was an Alabama uh, football player or not. But, uh, Jimmy, Christmas, he was a big guy, and uh, you didn't get in Charlie Beckler's way uh, unless you were going the same speed he was. Otherwise, he'd just run right up over your back. He was always trying to start a fight somewhere, and we wore unit tiger suits that didn't have any rank on them. So he was a major. And, well, the the sergeants and the MPs uh, and the clerks and jerks, they didn't know he was a commander of a special operations unit, Project Delta. And so we had a very good friend of mine that was EXO, thank God, Old Baker, H.A. Baker, who's one of my best friends, and I was the intelligence officer, and so we used to, you know, kind of go as a threesome, so keep Charlie out of trouble. Baker wasn't there. He had pulled me out, brought me back to the hospital, but it was Beckwith that came in, looked at me, still hadn't shaved, still smelled uh, like about three days of being uh, at Benoit without taking a shower, and he looked at me and said, are you okay? Yes, sir. That's all he ever said to Beckwith was, yes, sir. He said, your uniform here, they had a foot locker and a, a, a metal uh, locker there, and I said, well, I guess so, sir. Yanked open the door, and there was my ratty, ugly, stinking tiger suit. And uh, he said, 
get in this uniform, get them boots on. We got a, a chopper. See, we're we're burning ab gas right now. We got a chopper waiting outside the hospital. We got a mission up north. You okay? And I said, well, and here he is yanking the fluids out of my arms, and here comes a old hide of an army nurse. I didn't stand a chance against. Uh, you'd have thought it was Auburn uh, against uh, Texas A&M. Boy, old Charlie just straight armed her. Down she went. He said, "Get your get your clothes on." There I am. There we are going out to exit, crawling on a CNC ship. There we go, headed north. Damned if my helicopter didn't get shot down going in on a new target. Poor Charlie had got up with the hedge bolt on it. So I have feelings when I hear uh, men who mean just what they say. I got the news for you, and so I'll make sure that you get it uh, in plenty of time. As soon as we come back, now it's time you can relax, take your helmet and flag vest off, and I'll be right back with you. survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the freeze-dry guy today freeze-dry-guy at landset.com. That's freeze-dry-guy at l-a-n-s-e-t.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. so different. 
Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Because uh, she is my mistress, 
I dedicated my first book, I Call to Serve to My Mistress SF. And uh, I've had ladies jump all over me saying, how could you be married and dedicate your book to your mistress? And I said, well, it's SF. And I've told my, uh, my special forces, you had better love her all that you can while you can because this mistress SF is fickle. And someday she'll be loving somebody else and you'll be on the outside looking in. Now that's why it was good to have me as a commander because I'd grown up in SF starting out as young private. And so I never refused any kind of school. We, you have guys that want to go to school and learn how to drive diesel trucks. That's okay. You want to go to school for this or that. I always said yes, because in special forces, you never know when you're going to need that expert. In an A-team, somebody out of those 12 men has got to be able to do everything when you put them all together. That's why you can give them, and you never tell them how to do it. Give them impossible tasks. And uh, then you're amazed at how much ingenuity, how much perseverance, how much bravery that they would display in accomplishing that mission impossible and making it look routine. So I, uh, they, they say, I see it on the military channel, untold stories of the Navy SEALs, and there's always a lot of very interesting stuff, untold stories of the Special Forces. And, uh, you know, the real stuff, it never gets told. <laughs> That's why it's untold. And uh, Delta, now, of course, they incorporate, uh, you've got some Marines in Delta, because Delta is an amalgamation of the best talent. But the core of Delta Force is special forces. And the reason is because you have these guys who are trained from day one. There is no rule book. Don't show me any regulations. Don't show me any rules. Create. Use original thought. Have you ever thought about that? Look at Michelangelo. Tell me that wasn't original thought, what came into the Sistine Chapel. Well, that's a special forces operator. Now, you don't find special forces operators uh, that's got good haircuts. Well, these guys are going to look like, you know, they come from foreign countries or they come from the area that the target is. So they may have long hair. Uh, they may uh, have, uh, you know, a lot of countries it's a sign uh, it, uh, it's a good sign if you have a little fingernail that's a lot longer uh, in, in Asia, for example, than the other. They sleep. They have to speak the language. They have to live with those people. 
Now, if you have tattoos and your special horses, you're in a little bit of trouble because your deployment is limited. How are you going to explain that tattoo unless you have it had it removed? Then you've got to be able to explain that. So it's kind of like the old SS uh, having SS blood number. Look, and if you see a German uh, that has a blank up under his arm where his blood group was supposed to be, and nothing there but a scar, what do you assume? <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, now let me get down to some things that are. Uh, we know that we've been watching Cairo, uh, Egypt, and uh, we know that I've been telling you, and you should know this on your own without me. The CIA, this is what they do best. When Ahmadinejad in Iran was elected, they bought a riot. Just like Colonel Arthur D. Bull Simons bought a riot in Tehran uh, to get Pete Frost Perot's EDS guys out of prison. Uh, the CIA, they could afford to buy a bigger riot. They got even more money than Pete Frost Perot. Well, in this case, the CIA has sought to buy multiple riots. And they've done a good job. They have. And then you look and say, well, uh, why would we want to get rid of somebody like uh, Mubarak? Well, why would we want to get rid of somebody like Samosa? Remember Nicaragua and Samosa, West Point, Bradford? Uh, why would we want to uh, get rid of somebody like Batista? Well, in this case, we may not have wanted to get rid of him, but uh, you see, it came here. Castro comes in and throws Batista out. Now the CIA has an opportunity to uh, re-scramble that whole thing. The mafia, they're, uh, of course, going to run all the gambling uh, in Havana and Pepsi-Cola. Uh, with uh, Nixon, as a matter of fact, who just got uh, being through being vice president. He was now a director of Pepsi-Cola, and uh, they were going to get all the sugar cane. And all of a sudden, uh, it, it don't work out in the CIA's uh, case there. So we move on. Uh, we look at uh, Guatemala. We got United Fruit Company. And so we have uh, a fellow, our friend is the president there. Excuse me for not being able to remember these things, but they just happened yesterday, it seems like, and I can't have a hard time remembering the personalities. But it's important you tie, kind of, you know, tie a personality. It's sort of like staking things down. But our bends, my gosh, here is a duly, officially elected, president of a country that is attached to Mexico, down south of Mexico, the country you come to, Guatemala, we got the United Fruit Company down there. We fly bombers and bomb Guatemala City to send our bins the message, the United 
company. You may be the president. It is the king. It's the mafia. It's like the mafia. We go wherever we have to go. Did you realize the Phoenix program now, which was the assassination program uh, that was supposed to get rid of the infrastructure over in Vietnam? It was a good idea from the boys at Langley. About 40,000 people were killed. Unfortunately, when you hire professional murderers, uh, what kind of people are you hiring? Now, let, let me frame it uh, slightly different. Are you going to get people that graduate from Cambridge? going to get people that graduate from Princeton, people that are Harvard and Yale and all of these Ivy League universities? Are you going to the CIA love so much? the good Mormons, are you going to get them to, as a routine, murder every night, cutting an ear off so you can prove that that person lost a life, looking at records, spying on people, determining who might be supporting the enemy, so we call them the infrastructure, the auxiliary, the underground, supporting the guerrilla. And now you go off and you murder them. Murder them. That's what the Phoenix program is. Well, you don't get the good guys. You don't get the guys from Langley. You don't get the CIA boys. You don't even get the good American soldiers. Now, I ran a program, an assassination program. But you see, in my special op, I ran the special op. I accomplished the mission. Nobody knew how to do it better, or they would have been doing it. They gave me the missions, and uh, then in some cases I was told, oh, we don't want to know. I've had briefbacks with four-star generals, and as I've told you, I have refused. I've had a three-star general call me a young bandit that thinks I have license to kill anybody, that I have to follow the MACD rules of engagement, hogwash. We weren't even following uh, what Henry Kissinger and all the presidents and the U.N. and everybody had said the war zone was. Our war was beyond. Our war was where the enemy was. That was our target. Now, I had some scruples. I ran, and so I confess this to you. But and look, I'm, gonna, I'm going to use this as a comparison. In Tainan, the CIA had a villa. Now, they were running a Phoenix operation out of Tainan City, uh, which is up on the Cambodian border, uh, in areas that Vietnam vets will recognize as the parrot's beak and elephant's ear. Now, there were huge numbers of NVA, and that was the headquarters.
headquarters. Hainan province was the headquarters for all of the South Vietnamese communists. That's right. All the South Vietnamese communists' hindquarters was in Tainan province. And so you can understand why Phoenix program uh, would have an assassination uh, unit there. Now, what they did was they hired mercenaries. And the mercenaries would go out and they would uh, collect information on who the cadre was, who the supporters were, who was giving uh, you know, information, who was helping out, uh, anyone who might have been in what we call the infrastructure helping the enemy. Uh, they were put on a list. And then the uh, Americans would look at the list, and they would approve it. Well, who were the Americans to say, no, uh, this guy is actually a Vietnamese agent posing as a, as a Viet Cong sympathizer? And anyway, that gave clearance, and then these people, uh, these uh, indigenous people, they would go out and kill the people on this list, and they would cut off their ear as proof. Now, Phoenix killed about 40,000 people. After it was all over, uh, they discovered an awful truth. Very few were actually uh, enemy agents working for the enemy. Very few um, were, most of them, you know who they were? They were people who were artisans, they were teachers, they were businessmen. They were people who were making a living. And these assassins would approach them and tell them, hey, uh, I am working for the Americans over living that big villa, you know, by the Kaldai Temple. Well, Somehow, you know how crazy those Americans are. They've got you on this kill list. Let me show you. Now, I can probably, you know, they're all so corrupt. If you'll give me so much money, I can probably uh, either get your name put down further on the list, and I'll let you know when it comes up again, or I might get you off the list altogether. Well, the people who would not be intimidated is like the mafia coming in and saying, uh, pay us, and there won't nobody break your window tonight. Well, they got killed because this was deadly business and sanctioned by the CIA. And they got uh, paid uh, by what they were able to produce. And in the end, they found that uh, there were really very few. It didn't work. The infrastructure didn't collapse. Uh, where the South Vietnamese Communist Organization uh, couldn't exist because all of their infrastructure was being identified and murdered. It was a lot easier for the murderers, that kind of person, to get weak people and intimidate them and extort them. That's who they, what they were doing. They were getting a school teacher. When she couldn't pay them anymore, then they'd kill her and get money off of her. Well, at least in my, the way that I ran it, is I ran it on the bus system out of Saigon. 
And what would happen is I would put women, because it's interesting, even the Viet Cong, when they stopped the bus to collect taxes, or soldiers got on or off the buses, uh, they don't bother the women. And so I had women riding the buses. Well, the women would spot armed civilians that were carrying concealed weapons or soldiers that looked like they had military importance. They would get off the bus. They would make contact with a special forces intelligence sergeant. They would follow that contact. If they successfully followed the contact of where he was going to be spending the night, if they could, now this was, you know, left up to them. They would see if they couldn't make physical contact so they could uh, act as if they are going to sleep with that person. And they would be issued weapons of their choices. Their mission was to kill that person and to bring the weapon, because by checking the serial number of the weapon, we could determine whether or not we've killed a friendly agent. We never did. It was always a communist agent that was killed. And uh, I had quite a nest. I don't know what happened to him, and I couldn't stand the war anymore and left. But uh, that was the way that I ran the assassination program. It had to be a weapon that came back to me. So I felt more of a conscience. What I did feel was really creepy when these girls uh, would be brought in and I would uh, either hiring one, firing one, or interrogating uh, ones that had more complicated missions. One girl loved to use razor blades between her fingers. That was when Gillette was big, and you could put uh, three Gillette razor blades uh, in each hand and all she had to do was stroke the enemy's face in the dark and his throat, just stroke it one time. He never felt anything. All of a sudden, maybe you feel wet. All of a sudden, you feel dizzy. Then you die. Then she would appear with the weapon, give it to the intelligence sergeant, and uh, he would check the body and check the weapon and let me know what the result was. All right, so CIA is buying uh, these riots overseas, and I mentioned to you yesterday that uh, overall meaning of this is that the people who have, like, and can I give you some examples? Uh, yesterday after the program was over, uh, Frank and I were talking before the next uh, his next show. Uh, Frank Steffen is owner and operator of American Voice. And uh, I started mentioning some of my contacts, and uh, Frank started commenting on uh, a, car, a group called the Carlisle Group. And I told him, I, you know, I haven't kept up with the Carlisle Group. I wonder what they're doing now. Because, see, the Carlisle Group is exactly the kind of group it had George Bush, Benny Mee Bush, it had James Baker. The Carlisle group had uh, Carlucci, who was my boss's boss. Had my boss in there. Carlucci, who was this guy? 
he was assistant secretary, deputy secretary of defense. He was the deputy director of central intelligence under Stansfield Turner. And so what are they doing? Well, they go out of government and they come together in this very influential organization. Look it up on your computer, the Carlisle Group. Look at the influential people. Look at the jobs that they had. This is where, and, and for example, let me give you Frank Carlucci. He goes to Zurich. My boss goes to Zurich. That is where it's the largest arms dealers in the world. And so all of this, would you believe that Ollie North told the truth? when he said there is a, quote, shadow government. Do you believe anything out of the Bible? Could you possibly believe anything out of the Bible about how in the end there is this uh, powerful one-world government? And we see before our very eyes the financial falling down well, how do you, I've told you the equation, uh, we call it nation building, but see in special forces you either build up a nation and you use the same equation or you tear down a nation. Either way, your choice. And the first thing that you do is you have to identify everyone. The second, so it's, there's this ID card business. Secondly, and there's this income tax. They always have a way of identifying this. Secondly, is you control the currency. Don't allow any currency that the government doesn't know where it is. That's why it's so important that we get away from cashless systems. And then you control the firearms. No firearms except in the hands of the military, the authorities, the government. And when you have done that, when you control the firearms, when you control the identity, when you control the currency, you control the people and that nation. And that is exactly what is going on here. Well, here we are. There's our young Green Beret calling us again. Uh, I will be back with you tomorrow. Think about what is going on all around us. Think about who you are and your place in all of this. Think about what you're going to do. Now, there's a big storm in the, in the east now. Well, think about if it's oppression by government. What do you do? How do you live? All right. We're going to make it. I guarantee you. Just stick with American Voice Radio. Freedom Call be back. Rain to live off nature's land. Trained in combat and a hand. Men who fight by night and Courage takes from the green beret, silver wings upon the chest.
Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. that you can use and uh, you'll use it or you just listen and have a laugh and uh, if, if you if you got first of all you got anything wrong with you organic self will take care of that that's not a problem there's a lot of places to get it my place is healthtalkhawaii.com under products I also have if you click on products there's four products that you can view there and I don't I take them all every day, and I'm, I swear by them. So for me, I'm good. So whatever you want to do, whatever you think you want to do, you can do, and hopefully we're good. <laughs> but anyway, while we're here, and, I, you know, I tried to um, do things to get your attention, but you have to understand that the world is full of systems that have been developed supposedly to make our lives safer and more convenient and more economical. And we've become reliant on these systems. And as a result, we have lost our ability to take care of things ourselves. So if your goal this year is to become more, more, self-sufficient, okay, and, and regaining and optimizing your health, then you got to do your best to avoid those two systems as much as possible and incorporate solutions that give you back your power. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about the conventional medical system and the conventional food system. So the conventional medical system has basically embraced an approach that delivers as much poison and as little healing as possible. You get prescription drugs, you get surgeries, you get vaccines, and kill-all therapies, which are the norm. And this ensures a revolving door to the hospital as the patients continue to get sicker and more dependent on doctors in order to manage this circus of chemical cocktails. So the pattern indefinitely ensures 
that the doctors, the pharmaceutical companies, the medical equipment providers will continually sit on a padded wallet as they milk their money and leave you enslaved in a system that is reminiscent of, of, remember that song, Hotel California? You can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. So if you want to become healthier and more self-reliant, you got to make a promise to yourself to avoid the toxic and malnourishing hospital system. Not only is it a failure at healing chronic disease, it's also expensive and it's dangerous. You have to understand that we, the U.S., has the most expensive health care in the world but ranks dead last in quality of care among the industrialized countries. Not only that, but recent research pointed out that up to 440,000 preventable deaths occur every year, which puts the hospitals as the third leading cause of death immediately after heart disease and cancer. Then you add in the antibiotic-resistant superbugs. You put in a dreary atmosphere, poor nutrition, a lack of vitamin D, and no grounding, and you can pretty much guarantee that any hospital visit will lead you to a slow decline of your physical and mental faculties. And now for the food system, for most people, at least in the beginning, it's very difficult to avoid the conventional food system completely. But that doesn't mean that you should not put uh, uh, an active plan in place to largely avoid it. When you participate in the conventional food system, you are being exposed to a wide variety of factors that have hampered the nutrition of food or outright destroyed it. Quality is no longer important because big agriculture strives to provide solutions to maximize quantity at the expense of quality nutrition. So the result of this is depleted and chemically riddled soil, genetically modified organisms, antibiotic and hormone-filled animal products, heavily processed, which is a euphemism for dead food, and artificial preserved of the fanaticists. So this heavy reliance on this system will more than likely put you in the conventional medical system, and then you are officially on the unmerry-go-round. So this is not to argue that neither of these systems has its place. I mean, look, conventional medical systems are important for accidents and injuries and other life-threatening situations that natural solutions can't fix right away. And the conventional food system can be navigated if you have the proper knowledge to choose moderate to average nutrition. But, and there's always a but, if you want to become more self-reliant and you realize that 
few care more about your health than you do, then you must strive to understand the lifestyle and natural solutions that keep you out of the conventional medical system and how to start to grow your own food to provide at least a portion of your dietary needs. So how? what do you do? What if you're living in an apartment? What if you're living in a high-rise? How do you grow your own food? The simple way is you make some sprouts. What do you mean you make some sprouts? Well, it's simple. You go to a little health food store, you buy some seeds, you get clover seeds, you get buckwheat seeds, you get alfalfa seeds, and you soak them in a little water, and then they start to sprout a little bit the next day. Then you dump out the water, and you fill it, and you shake it around. You put in more water, and you spill that out. Then now you got the jars lined with water. You shake the seeds around. They cling to the side. And you keep a, a screen top on it with a rubber band on it, and you put it in an inverted position in your dish drainer or whatever so the water can leak out. And in a couple of days, you'll have sprouts. And you just add them to your salads or whatever. I was talking to a lady this morning. She asked me if the organic sulfur crystals was good to help type 2 diabetes. And I said, no, it's not going to help type 2 diabetes. What will happen is if you go on a vegetarian diet, your type 2 diabetes will disappear in, within a month. And she says to me, well, I'm a nurse, and, and I talk to doctors all the time, and they tell me that the only solution is drugs. I said, what else are they going to tell you? Their whole curriculum in medical school is financed by the pharmaceutical industry, so they either learn how to dispense a drug or how to use the scalpel. They don't know about natural anything. And she said, well, I've never heard this before. I said, you're a nurse. What do you think? Do you think I'm dumb? Of course, I'm not making this up. This is a reality. You understand? It is a reality. Anyway, so let me ask you a question. Are you sick of trying to quit smoking? You tried to lose weight before, right? You don't have time to exercise. You just don't feel like it. And the question is, has this line of questioning hit a nerve? I mean, that's not the, that's not the intention. The two biggest hooks in the bad health arena are cigarettes and diet soda. And every player loses unless they get off both hooks and stay clear of them forever. But the secret is in the escape. And it's like a complicated maze. But you have the map. You just put one hand against the wall and you can walk yourself right out of the maze. So this year, 2015, what's in store for you could be success, health, and a positive outlook. But the clock is ticking every second, either against you or in your favor. Now, smokers realize, as well as the obese, they have willpower. And that's only human to want to be healthy and feel good all day and night. But food and chemical addictions are sold to the public everywhere you turn your head. And the mind game of commercials, shallow warnings, Hollywood stars, endorsing car.
carcinogens leads you to believe the only way out is to have the right guide and do it yourself. Well, you're right. So, you think chemical cleaners and bug killers and weed killers and roach killers and ant killers and other hazardous synthetic toxins can be found around and inside most households in America? Obviously. And what if you get a little bit on your skin? What do you do? You run to the sink and you wash it off, right? But you're sure not to put your fingers in your eyes or pick your nose or put it in your mouth before washing, right? I mean, this is normal. So smokers smoke these chemicals every day, every hour, every puff, every drag. And the carcinogens enter their bodies as a vapor. And that vapor hits the heart and the brain within three seconds. And the nicotine serves as the aspirin for the cigarette hangover or the chemical letdown that the smokers experience about 30 minutes after smoking the cigarette. And the immediate nicotine hit relieves the smoker of the nervous feeling that ammonia bleach and pesticides are causing. It's a vicious cycle. But what's the solution? Obviously, you got to wean the body off the nicotine, right? While infusing the best nutrition on the planet, especially for the first 14 days. Nutrition is the secret to escape cigarettes forever rather than quitting and going back to smoking a week later. Commercial cigarettes contain arsenic, formaldehyde, lead, hydrogen cyanide, nitrogen oxide, carbon monoxide, and ammonia. They make it cancerous, and then they make it addictive. And only a portion of the tobacco inside the cigarette comes from the leaf of a tobacco plant. Seriously, I'm not, I'm not making this stuff up. And a significant amount of the shredded brown innards of most modern cigarettes is a paper product called reconstituted tobacco or homogenized sheet tobacco, which is made from a pulp of mashed tobacco stems and other parts of the tobacco leaf which otherwise would be flushed down the toilet. So in addition, like the tobacco, the cigarette paper contains chemicals like titanium oxide, which accelerates and maintains burning so the cigarette does not go out and the smoke is delivered evenly with every puff. Don't you understand? And then you got diet sodas. You drink diet sodas. And in those diet sodas, you got aspartame and sucralose. They're the Trojan horses with the carcinogens inside that want to destroy your health and make you fat. Those sweet tasting chemicals basically have tricked your body into ingesting them. And this mutates your cells and causes irritable bowels in a digestive tract that is out of whack. So by ingesting these diet sodas, you are ruining your
your good gut bacteria with phosphoric acid, which it kills your immunity. So use organic honey to make your drink sweet. Or stevia. Don't you think it's about time to flush the chemicals from your system and feel alive again? You really, really are letting the corporate demons sneak these chemicals into your organic being? Your body is the temple of the soul. And here we are. We just started 2015. It could be exciting. It could be exhilarating. It could be fascinating. You could feel like a million bucks. But you have control. You can't let others take advantage of you anymore. Selling you slow death and taking away your energy and health? Don't be fooled by these jokers who want to see your demise or are taking money out of your pocket. Come on, man. Start, just learn the truth. That's your secret to being happy. I mean, smokers who have the will, you know, now have the way. And there's studies that are proven maps to success. In one hour, you can learn how to stop smoking naturally in 14 days or less. How? By combining chemical knowledge, behavior, modification, nutrition. Then you'll be firing on all cylinders within a few weeks. Just don't suffer another cigarette hangover. Don't suffer from chemical food disease. Everything, everything is in your control. It's it, take it out of the hands of all those other jerks. You know, and I want to continue on the artificial sweeteners. Do you know that they're linked to diabetes? So let's not even go there. There was this study that showed that fake sugars means trading calories for type two diabetes. No, give me a break. A better choice would be to eat organic honey and exercise. But the doctors don't tell you that. So what do we do? We turn to research, right? There's this journal out there. It's called Nature. And they've been debating the risks of artificial sweeteners for decades. But there's this institute, the Wiseman Institute of Science in Israel figured out that diet sodas ruin the microbes in your gut, ruining your immunity. I just said that. And since the artificial sweeteners really can't be digested and the phosphoric acid is brutal on the floor to begin with, combination leads to diabetes. And the microbes seem to provide the missing link as to why. And most of the discussions in the past involved confusion about something that wasn't being digested, leading to diabetes. But now this study conducted with 400 human tests on the subject is, is groundbreaking. So in a series of experiments in mice and people, the researchers examined the interaction between gut microbes and the consumption of the sweeteners, aspartame, sucralose, and saccharin. And depending on the types of microbes they had in their intestines, some people in the mice saw a two- to four-fold increase in blood sugar after consuming the artificial sweeteners for a short time. 
And over time, the high blood sugar levels can lead to diabetes. I mean, the magnitude of the difference was not just a few percentage. They were dramatic differences that happened. So I'm going to give you 10 top reasons why to ditch diet soda today and forever. Number one, the increased risk of stroke or heart attack from more than one diet soda a day, even Diet Coke promotes heart health in their advertising, okay? Number two, you're more likely to suffer from depression. Number three, you have a one-third higher risk of metabolic syndrome when you drink diet soda regularly. And if you don't believe me, check your excess belly fat. And this was proven back in 2008 by a study done at the University of Minnesota. It included 10,000 people. Number four, you have a two-third higher risk of type 2 diabetes. Number five, the kidney decline risk doubles. So, so much for detoxifying your blood while you're trying to control calorie intake. Number six, do you really want dental erosion? The phosphoric acid does a number on your teeth. Number seven, the diet soda hinders your ability to lose weight. So it's sold bodily on the reverse plane. Do you understand? Number eight, of course, the chemicals in the body promote obesity by disrupting your hormone balance. Number nine, the artificial sweeteners initiate sugar cravings and overeating. And number 10, the synthetic lab-made sweeteners are heavily linked to cancer. The body interprets the sweet taste of food and tries to ingest it mutating your cells and causing them to multiply out of control. And also the aspartame creates an excess of neurotransmitters that pass messages between your neurons. And Dr. Russell Blaylock, he explains that really well, that the overload disrupts the calcium balance in the brain cells, causing a rush of free radicals killing off the brain cells. Now, you can kill two-thirds of your brain in an area before any chemical symptoms of lowered brain function even show up in testing by the doctors. So take the dye out of your diet and appreciate the metaphor, and you'll have a clear understanding of the best cancer prevention plan on the planet. If you were a general in the Army, and you are going to battle with a worthy adversary. Your most important strategy for short and long-term advantage would be to cut off the other and Army's supplies, including their fuel and ammunition. So if you do that, the enemy will be so weak that you're sure to win the battle and probably never have to fight the war. So cut off the cancer's fuel. Cancer feeds off an acidic body loaded with pesticides, synthetic food stuff, fluoridated water, and GMOs. And once you stop eating cancer, 
the cells that are mutated inside your body will die off. And it's time to apply common sense all the time. Get rid of the diet soda and the fake sugar and the chewing gum. And now and forever, and tell your friends and tell your family and tell the people you really care about the same thing that you just heard. I want to talk a little bit about our government. (laughs) As you've been warned for months, and just because we Americans are required to have health insurance coverage under regulations contained in the Affordable Care Act, that doesn't mean that we're going to have access to care. You remember the entire purpose behind Obamacare, according to the president and the law's backers, was only to assure something like 14 or 15 million people, because at that time the measure was being debated and the vast majority of Americans had health insurance anyway. What's more, the bulk of those insured had private sector plans, and most were insured through employers. So the number of Americans on taxpayer subsidized coverage, like Medicaid, was minimal. So Obamacare is beginning to change that dynamic. But as noted by the administration's new enrollment figures released a couple of weeks ago, Some 8.7 million more Americans are now enrolled in Medicaid as of August than were a year earlier. And Medicaid expansion is at the heart of the Affordable Care Act. So you would think in in a free market economy, the goal of any health insurance reform effort would be to put more people into the private sector plans not hook them on a taxpayer-subsidized plan. So there's no doubt, because of the Affordable Care Act, that more Americans are actually covered under health insurance. The bad news is that the insurance coverage is going to be a little more than coverage in name only. So there was an article in the New York Times Basically, they said just as millions of people are gaining insurance through Medicaid, the program is poised to make deep cuts in payments to many doctors, prompting some physicians and consumer advocates to warn that the reductions can make it more difficult for Medicaid patients to obtain care. This is how the law was designed to save money, by putting more people on a taxpayer-supported program and then cutting the payments to the doctors who are expected to see and treat the newly covered. Then the Times article continued and said, the Affordable Care Act provided a big increase in Medicaid payments for primary care in 2013 and 2014, but the increase expires just weeks after the Obama administration told the Supreme Court that doctors and other providers had no legal right to challenge the adequacy of payments they received from Medicaid. Do you believe this? So not only is the Obama administration for the Obamacare law looking to cut payments to doctors, but the White 
where they're arguing that doctors have no legal right to question the amount of money that they're not being paid. I mean, do you see the hypocrisy in all this? I mean, if I could catch 22, well, the doctors, they don't like this. And their solution would be to simply stop seeing Medicaid patients because the administration's wielding of the Obamacare law is leaving them little financial choice. So there was a study done by the Urban Institute that said that the cuts to the doctors will vary by state, but the average cut will be around 43%. (laughs) So now you got more Americans being covered by a tax-reported entitlement that's cutting payments to the providers by nearly half that will result in fewer providers seeing Medicaid patients. Can you believe this hypocrisy, this crap? So the primary care family practice physician, a specialty that that earns less than other specialties and one that has already short thousands of providers, will be hard hit by the cuts. I mean, cuts of 50% or more could hit the doctors in states like California, Florida, and New York, where that's where the large concentrations of Medicaid patients are. So Obama has proposed extending the current Medicaid payment schedule in the current budget, but there's no indication that there's enough support among the members of both parties for that to happen. Then the doctors' groups are already warning that access to care will suffer for patients on federally subsidized health coverage plans. And then you got this president of the American College of Physicians representing internal medicine specialists told the Times that some patients will have less access to care after the cuts. So what does that mean? It makes no sense to reduce Medicare payments at a time when the population enrolled in Medicare is surging. But the problem is that the taxpayers are on the hook for the extended coverage. And at a time when the federal budget deficit is more than $18 trillion, with unfunded liabilities like Obamacare, raising that amount to more than $120 trillion. It's obvious the program is crapola. Don't you understand this? So what about me, okay? I'm I'm pushing 76. I'm on Medicaid. Do I have a concern? Not really. Are you crazy? No, I'm not crazy. I've been a vegetarian since 1975. I've been a vegan since 1990. I don't have any illnesses. I don't take any meds. The only time I go see my doctor is when I want a physical just so I can check on what's going on in my body. I have a healthy diet. I exercise. I do all kinds of things. I don't eat processed foods. I don't smoke. I don't drink. Uh, people are out there saying, oh, my God, are you alive? Yeah, I'm alive. I just take responsibility because I don't believe that the government gives a crap about me in one way or another. So I eat a very clean diet. I eat a plant-based diet. I don't eat anything that has a face or a mother. I don't eat dairy products. I don't eat eggs. I don't eat cheese. I don't eat candy. I don't eat cookies. I don't eat cake. Oh, my God. I don't eat soda. I don't drink soda. Oh, my God. You don't live. You don't. You have no idea what you're missing. Yeah, I'm missing doctors. That's what 
I'm not missing. I'm not missing going to a doctor every week. I'm healthy. I'm I'm not I'm nobody special. If I can do it, why can't you do it? I learned this a long time ago. All my allergies disappeared. The only thing that didn't disappear was my asthma. But that disappeared after three days of taking the organic sulfur crystals. Three days. No more asthma. has not come back in eight years. I'm hooked. I take it twice a day, teaspoonful in the morning, teaspoonful at night. Then I decided, okay, that's that. But in order to ward off stuff, you've got to have a strong immune system. Does that make sense? I mean, it's normal, right? So I started researching things. I I went to Dr. Schultz's website. He's got superfoods, but he's got like three or four. And then I, I found out about this product called Zeal. And it was multi-level, and the guy that hooked me up was like a used car salesman, and I got set up with him. But I liked what the Zeal was doing for me because it had 30 superfoods in it. It built up my immune system, and it made my immune system strong. So there are people here in Hawaii, and there are people on the mainland that contact me by email at heshgoldstein at gmail.com, and they tell me they want to order the zeal for me because they don't want to go on auto ship, and I don't blame them. I'm the only one that goes on auto ship. Plus, I order like 10 to 20 more containers a month for the people out there that don't want to be plagued with the auto ship but do want to get it so they can take it when they want, and if they want to miss a couple of days, it's not a problem, but they don't have to worry about that it's going to come in and tax their budget. So that, okay, so that's two. Then I came in contact with this incredible bee pollen that is by far the best that I have ever, ever encountered. It's fresh. It contains all the B vitamins, including vitamin B12, which is supposed to be the rarity for vegetarians. It has the 20 amino acids in it. It's full of probiotics. It's full of enzymes. It's full of antioxidants. It's full of stuff that just is incredible as far as building an immune system, keeping you healthy, giving you energy, curtailing your appetite, and doing all kinds of stuff. And then I went to visit my son in Florida who's hooked on this product called Shakeology. And he had a vegan chocolate pack. And I tried this vegan chocolate pack. He made me a smoothie in the morning. It was about 8 o'clock in the morning. And I made a smoothie, and it had apple juice in it, and it had frozen strawberries and frozen blueberries, had a fresh banana, had some frozen mangoes, and then I put in some pitted dates, a couple of three pitted dates, and I put in this pack of vegan chocolate Shakeology which was great. No problem. Then I had this smoothie about quarter after eight in the morning, and then we start running around. We're doing all kinds of stuff. And then I'm trying to figure out, you know, am I getting hungry? What's going on? I look at, I look at the clock. It's like 2.30 in the afternoon, and I'm just starting to get hungry. Shakeology is like a meal in itself. 
It gives you 42 superfoods, and it takes the place of a meal. So when I have it with my smoothie, I'm getting a double dose. I get the smoothie, and I get the nutrition that builds my immune system and curbs my appetite. It's amazing. And they're all on my website. If you go to healthtalkhawaii.com and click on products, you can read about the sulfur. You can read about the zeal. You can read about the bee pollen. You can read about the shakeology. I do not go to doctors, like I said. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I exercise. Even if, even if it means walking the dog twice as far when I walk him, I do that. That's exercise. Because those two things that are down below your hips, they're called legs. And if you put one in front of the other, it's called walking. And if you do it faster, it's called running or race walking. And I, I just careful what I put in my diet, what I put in my body. I try to go all organic. I don't put anything synthetic. I eliminate natural flavors and natural colors. There's no such thing because natural flavors could come from dead animals. But they don't tell you that. That's why they say natural flavors. Because they want to sell crap. And they know that if it says natural flavors, they'll hook you. Hey, man, it's not rocket science, you know. You, 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 got, to, you got to take advantage of what's available for you. You really do. And, you know, since I'm here and I'm talking about Obamacare, there was this really um, interesting article that appeared in the Daily Sheeple uh, that was a really interesting that Obamacare was never about health care or the poor or insurance or anything else. It's about controlling the population, paying off the cronies, paying off the donors, paying off the supporters, and expanding the size and the authority of the central government. You would think that they cared that no one could get on the website and actually sign up for Obama, Obamacare before the 2012 election. <laughs> Cute. But since then, millions of Kool-Aid-drinking Americans figured out what a scam they've been sold. And the result, the 2014 result, was a resulting nightmare for Democrats and Barack Obama. So don't go away. So far, nearly 12 million words, you understand 12 million, have been written and published and are being implemented into the final Obamacare regulations. Now, if that sounds like a lot, consider that the monstrous original Affordable Care Act was a paltry 380,000 words before it was bribed, cajoled, conned, and finally hoaxed legislatively down our throats. That means that unelected bureaucrats, various lobbyists, 
corporate interests, union pinheads, and other cronies are looking to cash in on the slush or give in on the massive cottage industry being paid billions to explain it all to businesses, hospitals, doctors, caregivers, and average citizens who never asked for it in the first place and have themselves created a behemoth 30 times bigger than the original bill. In other words, even if anyone didn't know what was in it, it is completely a different scenario right now. That is a blatant case of the federal government taking over a huge portion of the private market with absolutely no regard for the separation of powers, oversight, or any say-so by the American people through their elected representatives. The law is now something thrust upon citizens without their consent, without their approval, without their input, without their knowledge, and without their constitutional rights. It's an act of despotism which will affect the entire nation far beyond what we are witnessing right now. Now, let me give you some background. Since the Affordable Care Act was deemed to have passed Congress, rewritten and declared a tax by Justice Roberts, altered and carved up by presidential fiat, had its many exemptions and waivers issued to the fortunate and filibustered against its funding, dozens of the minions and various administrative agencies have also cranked out over 100 final regulations on how that fraud will be implemented. Well, that's the long way of saying you're going to be screwed. You think I'm paranoid? Okay. Let me, let me. Since when does enforcement of a law require 30 times more words and regulations than the law itself? Well, the answer is when enforcement is the entire point of the law. This is not about health care. It's not about insurance. It's not about the poor or anything else. It is about control. For 100 years, scientists have been trying to get at your health care in order to get at you. Seriously. You take Marx, you take Stalin, you take Hitler, you take Mao, you take Alinsky, you take Chavez, you take Wilson, you take FDR, you take Ted Kennedy, you take Ted Kennedy, you take Hillary. And when they saw a wrinkle in time where they had super majorities, they knew they would lose quickly. That's when they struck. Imagine the thrill of actually forcing socialist medicine upon the free and capitalist-loving people of America. It must have been a dream come true. And when they exempted themselves and they exempted their friends and they exempted their benefactors, I bet they were laughing their ass off. And the traitors who cast those votes against their better judgment because they had been bribed or bullied or just swept up in the party loyalty will not do well in the gulags when the average Americans realize who they are. Make no mistake. 
This is a massive money grab. Trillions of dollars will flow out of what was once the private sector into federal government coffers and its cronies, donors, and supporters' pockets. The federal workers, the consultants, the insiders are setting up high-dollar firms which will extract billions from big business, guiding them through the complexities of these millions of words of purposeful confusion. But most importantly, the administration will have you by the shorties. They'll have your medical history. They'll have the ability to share it or exploit it when it suits them. They can approve or deny you and your family of what you need in the most critical department, your well-being. The winners and losers will be so much easier to pick now that behavior can be linked directly to government-administered health benefits. And I haven't even gotten to the bad part yet. We've seen firsthand this administration's willingness to oppress a private citizen's civil rights based on their political beliefs. You really think it's not going to happen with Obamacare? If you believe suddenly this government will start playing by the rules, you are so naive to the point of stupidity, buddy. There's no rationing. There's there's no bureaucrats ruling on who gets what and why and when. And there will be discretion based on politics. And Lois Lerner will seem like a choir boy when this hits full stride. And you'll long for the days when all that ever happened was the NSA gathering your Facebook postings and your Google searches, or you were audited because you were Herman Cain's speechwriter. I mean, God, did I say that out loud? You need a heart transplant? Guess what? There's only one heart available, and someone else needs that heart too. Someone who didn't download that news story critical of the administration Someone who didn't email the president of the local Tea Party chapter and ask how the rally was shaping up. Someone who donated to the correct causes. Someone in the union who has a cousin in D.C. who volunteered at an environmental event who is a left-winger and you're not. Well, guess what palpitation breath? Sayonara. Think I'm nuts? I would have... I would have two five years ago, but I've seen too much firsthand to think for a minute this bunch won't do or say anything for power or take control. And when they can sit in secret with who knows who and write millions of words of regulations that are automatically law and implemented into lives of only the people they choose and not those they don't, There's another word for that, folks. It's called tyranny. So where are the separation of powers? Where are the Republicans holding hearings into these unconstitutional activities? When do the impeachment proceedings begin? (laughs) Talk about getting screwed? (laughs) Sorry, sorry. I mean, it goes on and on and on, man. You know, I, 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 I wonder what is going on. Is this possible that we are weird like this? Is this is this driving us crazy? And then does it ever end? No, it doesn't end. 
You remember the breast cancer group, Susan G. Komen? Well, think of pink ribbons emblazoned on everything during Breast Cancer Awareness Month. They've stooped to a whole new level of stupidity with claims that organic food may not be safe for women. I'm serious. On their website, Coleman claims that consumption of organic food is a controversial issue, as if clean food is some novel concept that only recently emerged as a hippie fad. And the group warns that women shouldn't necessarily opt for organic food over conventional because research is lacking in the area. Come on, man. So these claims of higher nutritional value and lower toxic contaminants in organic foods currently has little scientific evidence supporting the pronounced benefits. This is what they claim, which purports to be all about preventing and curing breast cancer. So these and other hilariously ignorant claims by Coleman are clearly meant to deter women from making positive dietary changes that would actually help them avoid developing breast cancer. Instead, Coleman would rather women, women continue scarfing down buckets of carcinogenic fried chicken from Kentucky Fried Chicken and bottles of alcoholic Mike Tart lemonade, you know, to make money. And as you may recall, Coleman launched this ridiculous Buckets for Cure campaign back in 2010. I mean, this is some kind of a joke, and it turned out to be true. They partnered with the fast food chain KFC to sell pink, pink buckets of fried chicken to women in order to end breast cancer forever. The only this derangement in this plan is that KFC's fried chicken is toxic, as the acrylamide chemicals produced during frying have shown to increase the growth of cancer cells. Not only this, but the KFC chicken is loaded with monosodium glutamate, which is also a cancer promoter. I mean, they make billions of dollars by, by lying to women about breast cancer. And if that wasn't bad enough, they partnered with the alcoholic beverage guy, Mike's Heart Lemonade, and released a pink wash bottle of its chemical and alcohol-laden citrus malt beverage to raise awareness about breast cancer. And then the Mars Company, the guys who make the candy bars, they released pink-colored versions of its M&Ms around the same time. So ironically, both Mike's Heart Lemonade and the pink M&Ms are loaded with cancer-causing artificial colors and processed sugars, which Coleman not only endorses, but refuses to admit it cause women to develop breast cancer. And yet, at the very same time, this fraud of an organization has the audacity to scare women away from organic food, which is really just normal food that people have been consuming for eons long before the Industrial Revolution brought us all to factory agriculture treated with deadly cancer-causing chemicals. So it's not a surprise 
that Coleman raked in more than $55 million a year from his seemingly anti-ethical sponsors like Pepsi and KFC, which helped pay Coleman CEO Nancy Brinker's lavish annual salary exceeding $684,000. So Coleman is very much a for-profit organization and is now abundantly clear that the group is little concerned with actually helping women avoid breast cancer, which in and of itself is a multi-dollar billion per year industry. And the researchers have found that organically grown crops contain anywhere from 18 to 69% more antioxidants and 10 to 100 times less pesticide residues. So shouldn't an organization that is aimed to fight cancer be more aware of these type of things? Maybe they are. Maybe they're just ignoring it. After all, how could they make $55 million a year from companies producing synthetic products if everybody started eating organic food? So, you know, (laughs) she says with a straight face, do you see what's going on? Do you see what's going on in the world? You got to take responsibility for you. I can only tell you about it. I can only tell you what's going on. I can only bring you, like the last chapter in my book, A Sane Diet for an Insane World, is at the water hole. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. So this is the whole purpose of what I'm doing. I'm trying to change mindset. If I can change mindset, that's good. I changed my mindset. I had no idea what I was going to do when I became vegetarian. And the, the lady that got me to become vegetarian I was living with, three days later, split with another guy. Okay, so here I am, three days. I'm a vegetarian, three days. I know squat about being a vegetarian. I could have very easily gone back to what I was used to. But I decided I was going to go forward. It was a painful learning process, but it was the best choice that I've ever made in my life. It caused me to do research. It caused me to read. It caused me to look at things and try to understand things. It made me realize some foods are contaminated with poison and some foods are clean. It made me see that protein, be it anything that had a face or mother, or protein from plants, is identical. It is the same protein. The only different thing comes from plants is cleaner. And it builds your immune system. And it strengthens your immune system. And it keeps you healthy. How hard is that to understand? Well, it means that Georgie Poo is singing My Sweet Lord. And that's my ending theme song. So, I got a bell. 
And uh, if you guys tune in to American Voice Radio on Saturday or Sunday, you'll be able to hear what I did in Saturday on my Saturday show in Hawaii. And uh, otherwise, uh, I'll see you guys next Thursday. Aloha.
Gentlemen, I'm Alfred Addis, and this is the American Independence Hour for Tuesday, uh, third day of February, year of our Lord, 2015. I am, as usual and always, broadcasting from within a state of the Union. In this case, it's the state of Texas, the Union being uh, styled the United States of America. I am not in a territory, a district, a state of the United States. I say that because it helps, in my opinion, that plus a lucky lucky rabbit's foot and a couple of four-leaf clovers, in theory it helps keep the government off your back. I'm trying to establish that I am in a venue that the, the existing government probably can't operate in, or if it does, it can only exercise limited powers as outlined in Article One of the Constitution of the United States. If you're off in a territory or if you're off in a state of the United States, not a state of the United States of America, two different venues, two different kinds of states. If you are in the territory, the district, the state of the United States, I believe you are under the exclusive legislative jurisdiction of the Congress. They can delegate that some of that dis, uh, that, that 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 legislative power to your local legislature, but the fact remains you are no longer in a state of the union. And this is interesting because if you read the preamble to the Bill of Rights, you can find that on the on, you can Google it yourself on the internet. You can find preamble to Bill of Rights. And if you read it closely, you'll realize that the Bill of Rights were intended to protect the states of the union and the people of the states of the union against the newly formed government called United States. Right? The purpose of the Bill of Rights Second Amendment, for example, is not to protect us against an invasion by Great Britain or Red China. That's not what the Second Amendment is all about. They figure you've got brains enough to do that on your own. It's not intended to protect your right to go duck hunting or deer hunting in the fall. The Second Amendment is like the First Amendment and the other eight amendments that comprise the Bill of Rights. It's intended to protect you if you are one of the people of a state of the Union. And if you are acting within a state of the Union, it's intended to protect you against abuse by the government of the United States. It's not intended, the Bill of Rights is not intended to protect you against abuse or misconstruction of the powers of your state constitutions. If you want to be protected against your state constitutions, you look to the Bill of Rights that's associated with each of your state constitutions. But if you allow yourself to appear as a U.S. person rather than a man made in God's image, endowed by your creator with certain unalienable rights, and one of the people of your state of the union, if you go to court and you allow yourself to appear as a U.S. person, a U.S. citizen, an inhabitant, an occupant, a number of other things, it'll be presumed that you are acting in a territory, in my opinion. I can't prove that's true, but I believe it is. They'll be able to proceed on that opinion, to, or on that presumption, to kick you around any way they please. 
But if you can establish from the get-go, no, wait, I'm one of the people, of not inhabitants, not occupants, not even citizens, one of the people of the state of Texas or the state of Oregon or the state of Ohio, I'm one of the people and all of the
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.